1: host Shwini Poo and this is episode 225. I am joined by my co-host who has returned from his travels to the motherland. His name is it's Stacy Patton that's at Stacy Patton 89 on Twitter. Stacy how are you doing? Finally getting over this jet lag so doing doing a little better. Yeah you get a little sun over there?
2: Uh, That's an understatement. As in Dubai, too. I had enough sun for like a a few years. Ah, gotcha. This might be the first time I'm ready for winter, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, winter is around the corner. uh, And with it, Knicks Basketball, we are joined today by a first-time guest of the pod. He is not a stranger, almost certainly, to most anybody listening to this podcast. His name, he is known, I should say. Mainly just as state. That is at State from Harlem, also known as State of the New York Knicks podcast, State of the
0: NYK podcast. State, how are you doing? My guy, I appreciate um I appreciate this being my first time on your pod. Um I appreciate both of you guys. Um Stacy, shout outs to you. You reply back to me a lot on Twitter. I know I'm very emotional. But um I listen to you guys work a lot. Um I read the articles, so you know, I appreciate all the, all the work that you guys do. Um, continue doing it. And yeah, man, let's go, man. I, I, I'm really annoyed. If you really want to know, like how I feel at the moment, um, <laughs> the Knicks, uh, uh, Leon Rose is an absolute abomination of a president of basketball operations. Um, I'm sick of Knicks fans defending this man. Um, I still don't see a direction with this team, but I'm, I'm going to assume that we're going to definitely talk about that. And, um, that's about it, man. I appreciate being on the show, man. What's up, man? Let's let, let's talk some Knicks, fellas.
1: We will definitely be talking Knicks. Uh, before we get started, I do have to make an announcement. The Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that comes with access to Pod Strickland every Friday that I do with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to wonderful weekly articles, premium content produced by the likes of Jack Unley, Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business. You also get access to Stricken Roll, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like live watch parties, listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially go and hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. So, without further ado, let's get started. But um, before we talk about the Knicks, let's ask this. You are, I think it's safe to say, you're a passionate fan. Um, how did you become a Knicks fan? How did, how did this happen?
0: <laughs> so, um, I've been watching the Knicks all my life. I've been watching the Knicks since I was 11 years old. Um, so I was there for the Isaiah Thomas, the Grunwalds of the world. And, and, you know, Mike dad, Tony, I can, I can name various Knicks teams, but, um, I always watched the Knicks when I was younger. My, my cousin actually introduced me to basketball as a child, um, he, he was a football fan, actually. He was a Ravens fan. And uh, the only thing I was on that I used to love watching was anime or it was sports. So he, whenever we used to turn on sports, he had me watch the Knicks. And whenever we used to watch football, he had me watch the Ravens. So I, you could say, like, I was kind of like a fair weather fan when I was 11 years old because I didn't really understand basketball like that. When I really became, like, die hard, like, it's Knicks or nothing. Fuck all the other NBA teams was back in 2011. And that was when we had traded for Carmelo Anthony. And um, the reason why I felt, you know, I I, I was like, you know what, man? the Knicks, It's Knicks or nothing from now on. Because I felt like the Knicks had picked a direction at the time. You know, we missed out on LeBron James at the time. I thought he was going to come to New York, but he actually went to Miami. And you know, the very next season to see one of my favorite basketball players of all time and Carmelo Anthony come to the Knicks. Like, I, I was intrigued, and I thought we was going to win a chip. Um, too bad Roy Hibbert blocked our hopes from existence. <laughs> <a> <laughs> well, Hibbert, I, I
2: mean, I got to ask you this. I don't know if you remember Chris Copeland. Oh, my fucking... I'm on that bandwagon. If we played him at the five a little bit, make Hibbert come out there. I don't I, know. I, I, that was what I was about.
0: What was you I I was on that I was on that bandwagon too. I, I, I always wanted Mike Woodson to go small, bro. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I say, yo, put Amari at the five, put Melo at the four. You have to play small in order to get the best out of this team. And um it's crazy that you brought up Chris Copeland. I thought he was gonna be good. Just like Frank Nilakina. <laughs> he he could shoot. He was a
2: really good shooter for his size and he could like hold up yes. on defense.
0: He just yeah.
1: can he came he came over
0: when he was older though, so I just
1: think he like Aged faster. I I don't know. Like you know, I don't think he was like bad. I just think you know, like he had that awesome year in New York. Then he gets, then he signs with the Pacers, and he kind of just like fades out. But he was like twenty nine, I think, when he came over. So he might just have like not had a chance to like have an extended career purely because he like declined as he got older. Um, look, you talked about uh, you know wanting Mike Woodson to play small. We have um, a head coach right now who similarly hates to play small. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the current state of things with the Knicks. I want to talk about what you touched on earlier, just uh, when we introduced to you, about uh, Leon Rose and uh, not picking a direction. Because I do think, like, one, everybody that's listening to this, and I mean this in the kindest way, Steve, everybody knows that you're fucking insane, right? Um, so, like, I don't think – like Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that you actually believe Leon Rose is all around terrible, right? I think, and I understand this part of it because I agree with this. It's like, okay, you've had two years to just kind of see what you have and be patient and like, you know, slowly build things out and stuff like that. But it's now time where it's like, okay, you try to do the Donovan Venture thing. We'll talk about the specifics of that a little later. Um, That didn't pan out. But, like, now you have – like now, so now there's no star for you to go get, right? And I think the frustration, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like you have drafted these kids that we like, right? Like we like RJ, we like Quickly, we like Obi. It's like we get that. But now that you can't get a star right now, what are you doing to put them in a position to play and, like, be the key members of the team? And I, I again, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that you're even, like, against – I don't think you were or are against signing Jalen Brunson, but it's like, that's fine. But now, like, the rest of the team needs to be, you know, we should be pushing it so that these kids are kind of like the main priorities
0: on the team. Is that correct, or am I totally off on that? Yes, you are correct. But it, it goes back deeper than that, right? And I'm glad we started off with Leon Rose, because I got a couple things to throw at you and Stacey right now. Oh. so when it comes to building a team, I had the foresight of the Knicks. I wanted the Knicks to tank after we got R.J. Barrett. I wanted us to tank the 2020 season and the 2021 season. to so avoid a situation like this, whereas we have to overcompensate with assets in order to get the guy that you want. We signed Leon Rose three years ago to bring us a star. I think that was the the thought process, right? But also build up the young talent while you're trying to get a star. He has failed to do both to an extent as far as building up the young talent because, you know, even though I crap on Tom Thibodeau whenever the chance I get, you know, the kids play well under him. And that's another reason why I'm annoyed because you didn't put the kids in in good positions to succeed. But let, let me throw this at you. Who the uh, and, and I don't mean the curse, but who the fuck in their right mind will play Alec Burks second most in the NBA in minutes played behind Jokic? And then you go into the summer and you try to trade up for Jaden Ivey. Where is the direction with that? You get what I'm saying? Where's the foresight? My problem with Leon is strictly foresight. You have no foresight to scan the uh, scan the landscape and understand okay a, a bunch of nba superstars ain't going to be in the free agency the next couple of years um i don't know who's going to be a trade tra- a trade option in the next couple of years maybe i should think about going into the draft and getting a higher pick instead of thinking about oh um i just want to it, it kind of comes off like i just want to win and just sell tickets i value mean i value meaningful wins and meaningful losses I understood in 2018 what the Knicks was trying to do. And I'm pretty sure you did as well. And I'm pretty sure Stacey did as well. Right now, I don't understand what he's trying to do. Now, what he secretly did is what I'm pissed off with, right? is the optics behind everything, right? So in the first week of July, you offered RJ, Obi, and Mitch and a deal for Donovan. You got turned down. Can, can I just? Can I, I that that never happened.
1: That's bullshit. Woj is lying. Oh, okay. that, that that never don't. I mean, I I know it was reported. I'm uh-huh. confident enough to say, like, think of it this way. Right. They or always. It, they you always. Think Woj is
2: actually lying, or do you think that was? Leaked? I th-
1: I think I think Woj is just look the Knicks like the Knicks right. They're managed by Leon Rose. Leon Rose is CAA. Woj is CAA. I really? think once that trade package went out, whatever he got traded for, right? So the Cleveland picks and Sexton and marketing and. I think a lot of this stuff was is getting leaked out there to show, like, see, like, Danny Ainge turned down all these great offers that the Knicks made. Like, it's not, you know, they just couldn't get it done because Danny Ainge was being crazy. And, like, I just, I feel very confident in saying that the Knicks never offered three unprotected firsts. Um, um and think that
2: was a non-starter period? They were never going to do three unprotected They
1: first. were never going to do it unless it was literally, like, We will take Julius Randall and three unprotected first. That was never. It was never going to happen. It's just not. So, so like, and on top of that, like, you think if in July, in June, or sorry, yeah, July, like you said, first week of July, when free agency starts, do you really think if Leon Rose offered R.J. Barrett, O.B. Top, and Mitchell Robinson all to Danny Ainge, plus three unprotected first round picks, he would say no? Absolutely not. Because we know now that he really wanted R.J. Barrett in any deal with the Knicks. So we know this now. So why would he turn down a deal that's better than it's definitely better than what they got from Cleveland. I don't care what anybody says about Colin Sexton. Fucking get the fuck out of here.
2: Um, Larry Markkinen is better than RJ Barrett.
1: Larry Markinen is like literally <laughs> just the most like he's just a guy. He's just a dude that plays in the NBA. He's not he doesn't matter. Um but like, yeah, sorry, I don't I didn't mean to interrupt you but just want, you're finished doesn't mean you can finish, right?
0: not nah, but yes. but 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 Swinney, I hear you.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to correct. I just wanted to say that because, like, that report actually annoyed me. because I'm just like, dude, that's so obviously not true. Like, if he turned that, like, think about it. If he turned that down, then we should. The, why is nobody killing him for that? Like, what? If <laughs> you turned that down, no. If he never got offered. That was never going to happen. So. so, so,
0: so, Swinney. let's play yeah. detective now, right? Yeah, I could agree with you to disagree, but when Ian Bagley. And Mark Berman reports that Grimes is untouchable, and it was reported. i see. I've read articles, it's crazy how Grimes is untouchable. But when they report Grimes is untouchable, and then you hear various reports about how R.J. was in supposed, supposed packages, and then on top of the fact, what makes me think is they did not offer R.J. Barrett a contract as soon as the season ended. So that means that you already been had R.J. Barrett in talks for Donovan <sighs> Mitchell. So yes. where's the optics behind that? And then you alienated so, so literally mm, he he alienated yeah. his whole young locker room and for two months, bro. That is really yeah. bad optics. Yes. Bro. So I'm I'm
1: actually I talked about this on the the pod that I did over the weekend, but like I actually completely agree with that part of it. Like I think. I don't care. Like I mean, I care, right? I don't want. I want to make sure I'm very clear about this. You love RJ Barrett probably more than anybody that's not his mother. Um. So like, I get why, and I think a lot of fans love RJ Barrett for a lot of reasons. Like he is the next highest draft pick since Patrick Ewing. He's been a good player. He's been a good soldier uh, during this time. He hasn't bitched. He hasn't complained. He's been just a really, really good fucking pro. All right. So I get all of that. Um, I do understand from a front office perspective, like, okay, if you want to put RJ Barrett, like you want to, if he's potentially in the deal, I get that. I understand that you consider all your options, you weigh it, and that's all fine to me. Um, But where I agree with you is like, okay, he, if if you're doing all of this, right, to get Donovan Mitchell potentially, like I just question what is – the, like, what is your vision? Because I like Brunson fine. I think he was a, I'm like happy they signed him. That was a good pickup. And, you know, we'll talk about Julius Randle, but if you took Julius Randle off this team and you just told me this is the roster, right? Would I like if they moved Derek Rose out in Fournier? Sure. But if you told me they got rid of Randle and the the rest of the roster is just exactly what it is now, I would be like, let's go. I'm so psyched. I would be psyched for this season. I would be pumped. I would be like, this is solid. And like, you know, Brunson, he, yeah, he's he's a vet, but he's, like, 26, right? It's not like you signed some fucking, like, 32-year-old dude. So I, I'm fi- I'm fine with all that. But, like, I think the frustration for me is, like, okay, you put R.J. in the deal. R.J. and two firsts, right? That was, like, kind of the initial big offer that was reported that included R.J. It was, like, R.J. Fournier, two firsts, um, and... Couple of protected picks it's or something two, like that. Two that we, unprotected, yeah. yeah, two, two unprotected, unprotected and a few. I think th- there have been various reports, but it's like seems like two or three of the protected picks we have.
2: Well, um, so they so had the two unprotected. One thing I think has been up for discussion is there the um, the last they had a third pick, right? That was they said the quibble was uh, Utah wanted an unprotected. The Knicks said it was top five protected. Uh, the Knicks wanted it to be top five protected. Uh, but was that top five protected? Just that Milwaukee pick, which is top four, or was it a question of the Knicks? Because I think those are two different situations, right? If the Knicks were haggling over a top five protected pick, it wasn't really giving them more flexibility in terms of trades. Um, versus if it was that Milwaukee pick, that makes a lot more sense. Do you? Um, I mean, do, do you have a view on that? Or because I've I've seen, I think mean Begley said it was the, the Milwaukee pick, but
1: yeah. I mean, if it's the Milwaukee pick, <coughs> like, good on them for for not bidding. And I and I think the other part of this is like there's so just to go back, like I just wanna the RJ thing is not to me, it doesn't okay, they didn't offer him a contract, start a free agency. I think that's okay because look at the contract he signed. Like it clearly was a negotiation that they had. Um and I'm okay with that. They got a good contract. He got life changing money. Um he's gonna be in New York, hopefully for the time being at least uh certainly, but hopefully he's here long term. And like Hopefully he takes a leap, and we all forget this and fuck Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, hopefully that's how it all plays out. But like, he goes in the deal, and then for me, like that offer that I that we just kind of let's just say it's the the the, the one that we know for sure was offered, right? It was the RJ two unprotected picks, multiple protected picks, and then uh, Evan Fournier. Let's say that if that's the offer, and Danny Ainge gets the call, and he's like, you know what, fuck it, I'll, I'm, I'm I'm in, right? If that came across right, and I just saw that pop up on Twitter, I would be like, I hate this as a fan, but like in terms of value, I I get it. I'm okay with this. Um, But like where I was like really disappointed and quite frankly, like concerned is when the report came out that Utah asked for Grimes in addition to be put in this deal the Knicks and then the Knicks counter and they put quickly because to me, it's not about, I I like quickly way more than Grimes. Okay. I'm higher on him. I think he's a better player now. I think he's a better prospect long-term, but like for me, if they view, whatever, let's, they view Grimes as clearly better. Then to me, it's like the, the counter should have just been like, then we're not doing this deal. Like we just made you our best offer. We're not doing this deal. The fact that they were willing to put a quickly in or
0: an OB in, that's concerning to me. So, so what, what, I gotta jump in here real quick. Yeah, yeah. This is the reason why I've been I've been saying this Grimes untouchable crap. Who do you guys think deem Grimes untouchable? So, when you put up Frank Nelikina's stats, six points per game, shooting under forty percent from the field, shooter under seventy percent from the field, and I love Grimes, and I and and I hope he becomes Ray Allen. Next season, because we have to start him due to these trade talks. But when you take rhymes out of uh, out of trade talks, who do you guys think that was? We bought, we all know it was Tibbs. We all know it was Tibbs because it was reported that Tibbs wanted to trade R.J. and Mitch when he first got here a couple years ago for established vets. And I, Swinney, I love the Knicks, and I love them so much. But they have to, they have to fire Tib soon. I don't know when, because I don't like this man. But in what right mind, in my twenty-one years of watching the Knicks, you hold out bench players for an established twenty-five-year-old star who's averaged twenty points since his rookie year—the first time since Allen Iverson. Since when? And then you alienate your team's best player. Going in, next, which is R.J. Barrett. You alienated, alienated him, right? Signed him to a hush money deal, because the way it comes off to me is you didn't want to pay him regardless, and now you're forced to pay him because Utah told you no, and it all comes, it, it all comes back to optics, Winnie, and that's why so, I'm pissed off with these guys. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, and like, look, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm less confident about the front office now than I was before. Like if you asked me the day free agency started, right? Like I I felt much better about them then than I do now. So I totally get the frustration that you're expressing. Like I, I, anybody that tells you like you're wrong or you're stupid for feeling that way. I I don't agree. Like, I think that you have good reasons to be concerned at least Um, what I like, the thing that... So, I think that the Grimes untouchable stuff is bullshit. Like, this is what I think, right? I think if they were dealing RJ, they would not include Grimes. Because if you do that, like, Fournier was probably going to go out, right? So, your only wing on the team then, if you included Grimes, would be Reddish, right? And I just think, like, they were not willing to, like, ever be in a situation where they literally just had maybe one wing left on the roster. Um And... Like, that's why, like... And now we know, right? We know now that Danny Ainge always... Want, like, the initial reporting, right, was that he didn't want RJ, actually. But now we know he that if he was doing a deal with the Knicks, he wanted RJ, right? So if, if RJ was always, like, central to these talks, then I understand why the Knicks were just like, well, you're not getting Grimes then. And that's not... Like, I don't... So I don't think it means that he was untouchable. I do buy if they're like... I think... I would buy them believing Grimes is like the best among Obi quickly and and him. Like among those three, I think if they if you told me they if they believe Grimes is the best of those of those guys, I would i completely buy that. I think that's probably true. Um and if you also told me that like they're so high on Grimes that they actually view him um, you know, in a in a similar tier to somebody like RJ Barrett, like I would believe that just because I'm sure that all the analytics stuff on him is internally that they have. I'm sure it's awesome and great because he's like a very analytically friendly player. Um, So like, I get all that, but I just like, uh, to me, this is why the Knicks should have never, like, I don't think they anticipated. I I think, I know they didn't think Mitchell was going to be on the table this summer. Like they thought that was next summer, right? That was when he would be traded. So I understand, like, if he's a guy that you would kind of set as a long-term trade target and he becomes available, I understand why you, like, pursue that opportunity. But to me, like, I just thought the, the smart move, the correct choice was, like, don't – like, you did the Brunson thing. You did the Hartenstein thing. That's good. Those are good signings. They're good players. They're younger players, right? And you didn't need to give up a bunch of shit together, right? Like you just signed them to contracts. I'm fine with that. That's cool. And you moved off and to do it, right? You move off of Burks. You move off Noel. You move off Kemba. All good things. Like we, like I, I like Alec Burks more than you. I think we already we we've talked about this before. Um, but like, but like, but like, Burks was a good player, but he's not part of the future. Okay, so you move him out. Noel clearly not part of the future. Move him out. And Kemba Walker absolutely cooked. Move him out, right? Like now, you sign these contracts and you have to, you know, give up some seconds to get them out. And I, but I would rather they just accepted that. Like I, I'm okay with that because they were like, you know what? This is not the. This is not what it is. We have to change the team up, and so we are going to move these guys out, and then we're going to sign two of these guys who are younger. Like again, Brunson's 26. He's probably, I think he's. I mean, if you want to count James Harden as being on the free agent market, no, but like. I think you could pretty reasonably argue that Brunson was the best free agent on the market this summer. The Knicks got him. Obviously, they have a bunch of connections with him, but they got him, right? They got him at a pretty decent contract, literally lock him up for the prime of his career. Good stuff. You sign Isaiah Hartenstein, who I think is like a really good backup center. Um, So good. And you paid Mitchell Robinson. You kept him. These are good things. This would be like, so all we, I think we've done this poll. I'm sure you've done this poll. If you ask Knicks fans, what was more important to Sassine? Get Donovan Mitchell or dump Julius Randle. The majority of Knicks fans are like moving Julius Randle. And I believe that like they I I they have made they, they they would like to move Julius Randle, right? But I think it's a little bit concerning that they like the Mitchell deal to me, I guess to them was like as important or more important, right? I think it's pretty obvious it was more important. And I that's concerning to me because like I don't like to me that that's that shows and this is where it is concerning about the front office, it shows that they like don't like the odds of any of their kids becoming stars to the extent that they know that Donovan Mitchell is a star. Right? And like I don't know. I, I just I'm kinda like I don't even want to say disappointed. I just think that's the wrong decision. Like, I think Don Mitchell is a really good player. We've talked about it a bunch on here. Like, I think he's probably like a top 20-ish, 25-ish player. And like, people think that's hate or whatever. But like, I'm call- he's a perennial all-star. He's obviously very good. But he's not, you know, like...
2: I mean, when you start naming guys, yeah. it's surprising how much it's like, um, there's a lot of good players. You know? Yeah,
1: and, and there's just also like a lot of players that are better than fucking Donovan Mitchell. Like, that's not an insult to him, but that's the... Re- like, you can't make a trade that's going to be, like, your... That's going to limit everything you can do and trade out your young talent and all this shit for Donovan Mitchell. And also, on top of that, it's like, well, then, were they... like the Like, how was... What was the team going to be? Like, and do they have a move? Do they have a move lined up for Julius in that scenario? Do, do like, you think, I just don't get that.
2: Do you think they would have... If they knew... So, Jeremy Cohen had a thread today where he was indicating that given what, um, you know, the moves they made trading out of the 11th pick, you know, those three protecteds may be more valuable in a year or so. Fournier is probably more valuable or less not valuable, maybe, or, you know, less of a contract issue next year when he's expiring. Do you think that if they knew Donovan Mitchell was going to be available, that would have changed the Brunson decision making? Because I think that was part of it. It's like that's kind of an awkward fit, right?
0: yeah
1: I mean I'm gonna let State go but like my my entire thing is just like you can talk me into like well we have to get Mitchell and it's yeah the fit with Brunson isn't perfect and like defensively they're gonna have issues but like if it's fine in the sense of like you're adding a top talent to your team and obviously as long as you're operating under the assumption that like we understand that getting Mitchell isn't like, that doesn't make us contenders. We still have work to do. That's fine to me. The part that just drives me nuts is, like, I don't know if they had a move lined up to move Julius Randle. And, like, I just don't see how, you know, Brunson, Mitchell, Randall. like, if you're trading out RJ in this deal, too, like, I what is the plan there, like, and Grimes is gonna be your three, like, that's, that's just I understand, like, size can be overrated like, look, we all just said that Mike Woods needed to play small, right? But, like, you do need some fucking size on your team Your mother didn't say size was overrated Yes, that's true, she didn't Um, but, like but, like, you can't, like what is that team even? It's like a fucking Frankenstein roster, you'd be out a bunch of assets in this, I, I don't know I just, that stuff really drives me nuts, like, I even – I don't I don't buy the Woads report of like they actually – they were willing to do, you know, RJ quickly to the two unprotected picks. Uh, they would send another pick with Evan Fournier to a third team so Utah did not take that money and that like they would have done uh, a third pick of theirs, top five protected, and they also were going to do two swaps. I don't buy that all of – like that that's – I think that's bullshit. I, I think that's what Utah asked them for and they were like – I don't at that point I think they were like, well, we're just going to sign RJ and move on. Like yeah. I think I think these trade talks were done when that report came out right that RJ was extending. I feel like they must have had a conversation with Utah and they were like,
0: yeah, we're not getting Mitchell. This is just not going to happen so, probably. So what what confuses me right is mm-hmm. Leon Rose was the head of CAA before he became the Knicks president of basketball operations. Yep. So the fact that he did not know that Donovan asked for a trade or, or certain things prior to everything going down, it's kind of.
1: So I, I think it, it was, it wasn't about Mitchell asking for trade. I don't think they or the league in general thought they were going to trade Donovan Mitchell. Because if you look at like all the reporting going back earlier this year and stuff, all of it is like Mitchell's their guy. The organization is like, you know, they're the owner and Dwayne Wade and all these guys are like, you know, all about Donovan mitchell and i just think and they're hosting the all-star game next year i think there was an assumption of like okay they probably will want to hold on to mitchell for one more year and then they can trade him next summer when he's like he'll only be 26 and he'll still be he still has two years left on his contract so you're,
0: you're probably still going to get an a, when, get the same hole. yeah you and stacy been watching too much basketball for too many years to look at that utah roster and see that Donovan Mitchell's second best teammate was from Europe and gonna tell me they didn't know that they but, was, but, they was but, gonna retool around Donovan. Come on, bro. No, no, I think once once
1: the Gobert trade happened, they knew, like everybody knew that. But before that, like I don't think there was a shout out Brian Windhorst. Yeah, and, and even if you look at the <laughs> stuff about the Rudy Gobert trade, like apparently they they took the Minnesota offer because it was just like Okay, holy shit! We just have to take this offer because this is fucking insane. Um, it wasn't like a thing where they were necessarily we have to trade Rudy Gobert. But I think one look once that happened, everybody knew, right? Like because we all like laughed, right? Oh, like you trade Rudy Gobert and now you're trying to come here retooling around Dominion. So well, no, like that obviously was never going to happen. Once they did the Gobert trade, it was done. And I think like everybody knew that at some point in time they were going to trade Donovan Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell is not fucking staying in Utah. Like that's just the reality of the situation. So I don't, I I don't, I I don't really blame them on that one. Um, And like the reason why I don't is like, I guess because I actually liked their contingency, right? Like I was like, okay, Jalen Brunson, good player. Like I liked what they did. So I'm like, okay, like you didn't, you couldn't get a star. I didn't want to do the DeJounte Murray trade. I'm happy they didn't do that. Um, and so, like, I was good with their pivot. I was like, this is a good pivot. But then it's like, now I'm like, okay, but then Mitchell does come. Like, all of a sudden now he's available because of the Rudy Bear trade. And now you're like, I don't, I don't know. That, that, like, I don't get that vision. So that, that's the part. Like, it almost feels, and I think this is where you're, you're correct and where everybody should be concerned about is like, it is okay to, um, like, if you have a like, we don't know now. What is there a plan beyond like? At some point, we're going to trade for a star, which is fine. At some point, you have to trade for a star. That's like every team that's ever won shit, almost like has eventually traded for a star or
0: acquired a star somehow. Right? That's fine. I, I gotta. I, it's, it's it's. I gotta disagree with that. I gotta, well, hold on.
1: Let me just, let me just finish because I'm not sure. I'm not. I, it it. I think I'll, I'll explain. But like, mm-hmm. it it's not that that's fine right. but like doesn't it like donovan mitchell is not the caliber of star where it's like well it doesn't matter how he fits and it doesn't like he's not that guy he's like it does matter that how what kind of roster you put around him and what the long-term pairing is with him in the backcourt and is julius randall like this is not like but it, it's, it's not like if Giannis was on the market, we'd all just be like, "Aye, right, bro, just trade whatever the hell you need to to get him, right? Like, Donovan Mitchell isn't bad. Like, you have to really consider, okay, if we get Donovan Mitchell and we trade RJ and we trade quickly and we trade these first and now we have Brunson and it's like, Brand, like that's the part that kind of really, it's really concerning to me because it seems like they want to trade for a star, but they almost to some extent are not too concerned with like what, the caliber of the roster is after that fact. Um, And it's also like, and not, not all stars are equal, right? Like Donovan Mitchell can be a star, but he's not Giannis. He's not Jokic. He's not, he's not fucking Tatum. You know what I mean? Like he's not, I don't think anybody would think he's like a top 10 player, you know, he's just not that guy. And that's, so that's the part that I, I get what you're saying. Like pick a direction, just go with it. And, and if that direction is like, you know we value our young guys and then really like it's on you now in year three to to prove that and not just say it and not just like have these picks and have these young guys but to like really bet on them and put them in position where it's like no like we believe in you and now here are 30 minutes a night for you to show me to to prove to everybody why we believe in you and i just i don't know i'm i'm pretty worried that um you know, the closer we get to training camp here, I've been holding off on killing them for this shit, but, like, look, they got three weeks. They still got some vets to move. We'll see if they get it done, then... So who months.
2: has three moves?
1: Randall gotta go. Uh And I would... Look, if, again, if they didn't trade Rose or Fournier in that scenario, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be too pissed, because Randall is obviously the biggest, like, obstacle to me. Um But, like, yeah, I mean, I, ideally, Randall would go, and I think one of Rose or Fournier needs to go. Um you know, I just, I, I, to me, it should be Rose because he probably has actual trade value, and you might be able to really get like, you know, a couple of second round picks or something decent for him. Um, and so, I, I just, I don't know. Like to me, that's that's where I'm concerned. So I know I just rambled there for a while, but I hope that like explained why. Um,
2: you just rambled there for a
1: while. Ram, ran. I rambled around and I fucking started cursing
2: out so let's start there right i mean i guess the point is so i've been at least the last like i think people have been screaming for the knicks to pick a direction for a while i think until this trade i was actually like keeping your options open as value um i you know i I thought that it would kind of figure itself out now I, i am at the point where obi especially is very illustrative like if you're keeping randall what is what is the situation? Obi's up for extension next year, so is IQ. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, if you don't like, see, like we we clown Tyrese a lot, right? For for being a Randall guy, but I at least respect his position because his position is, I think, long term. Randall has better upside than Obi. Like I don't agree with that, but like, but you can't just say we're going to keep like. There's a lot of people that are like, yeah, Randall will figure it out, and and Obi will get to contribute and wait his turn. There isn't really a turn to wait, right? He, he, like next year he's up for extension. Like, let's let's forget the idea that like he might say, "Well, I kind of want, I like money, so let me earn some." Like, forget that even happening. Um, we already know their trade value is lower. Like, is there any tenable? Like, if you keep Randall, you have to trade Obi, right? I would prefer not to do that. I would prefer to trade Randall. But is there any way that works out?
0: It, it, to to me, it doesn't work out because of the coach. It got nothing to do with the players. Um, I don't I don't I don't hate Randall. I don't I don't hate none of my Nick players like I did hate Emmanuel Mudiay, But it's just <laughs> the coach. The coach
2: we, this, But you don't wanna get Mudiay right? You don't want to get Mutt right. Uh,
0: uh, right. Oh my god, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna have nightmares again. It's it's just that this coach, this sixty four year old dumbass, fails to put his players in positions to succeed. I want to like Randall and I want to like Obi, but I can't do it with this coach. Now, if we had Mike D'Antoni, if we had a more innovative coach who would who would try to put Randall at small ball center, who would try to put Obi at small ball center or even at small forward? Hell, try something new. You get what I'm saying? Try to adapt. You know, try to do various things to put your players in in positions to succeed. I feel like Tibbs has not done that. So I agree with you, Stacey. Like. That Randall factor is is the single most like thing that the Knicks need to get corrected within these next three weeks. The Randall factor mess, messes up a lot. It messed up the Knicks getting a starting point guard years ago because let's be real: after you draft Obi, you're supposed to trade Randall. Period. Period. That's malpractice right there. Starting off, then. You go into the almighty fourth seed season, you see Randall looking like Michael Jordan, and you don't even trade him when his value is at his highest. But you still got Obi Toppin playing 10 minutes per game. And you got fans telling me on the, on Twitter, oh, obi didn't deserve his minutes. So why draft him at eight? That's stupid. Then on top of the fact that earlier this year, Mark Berman went on a podcast, shout out to KOT. And he went on a press tour and said Tibbs wanted to. Tibbs regrets not playing Obi Top in big minutes last season. That's poppycock. BS, totally You know,
2: you know Berman's source is right.
0: Yeah, His source gotta be Tibbs.
1: Yeah. It no, gotta I can't, be.
0: Tibbs. I, I can't believe State said poppycock. It's poppycock. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I I was watching um, what's this? What's this goddamn? Not Wizard of Oz. Oh my god! I was watching Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone the other night, and I, that's where I got Poppycock from. <laughs> that's what the Knicks are about right now. It's Poppycock. So I if, mean, you wanna, if you want, if you
2: want to just bust out the British accent too, that's cool. By the way, but. It,
0: because <laughs> I told I told people all across Nick's Twitter, I said it on my pod as well. You do not. Pay hey, Randall after the fourth almighty fourth season. You allow him to prove it. So now that you still got Randall on his team, it kind of feels like sometimes like the Knicks is forcing him on us. It, it, like, pick a direction. Trade Obi and give him the opportunity to succeed on another team. Because we all know. We all know. Anybody who's listening to this and you two guys, Tibbs will not play Obi 20 minutes per game next season. We know this. Like so, I, I, look. I, I'll say this too. You
1: you were like consistent about the Randall thing, even when times were good. Like you were either like, I think you were either saying trade him or like you said, don't give him the contract yet. Um. And and uh, and and so like, I think uh, like th- th- so that. Initially, right when they didn't trade Randall and they drafted Obi, I was fine with that because I was like, "Well, the plan is to eventually trade Randall, right?" right? Um, and that's fine. Like, you know, Obi's rookie; like, he doesn't need to play thirty minutes a night as a rookie, right? It's fine if you want to ease him in, whatever. That's fine. I get that.
0: Would but like, ease ease in a twenty-two year old lottery pick. <laughs> yeah, <I'm-
1: laughs> See, but I'm fine with that because you know what? Like that's exactly how it worked and he looked good by the end of that season. And so uh-huh. I'm like, okay. So what you did, I wasn't sure, but like okay, he looks like he's found his footing and now and then he comes back in year 2 and like this is the infuriating part. It's like, wow, you you actually did hit on that pick. The pick that everybody was clowning you for, you actually hit on this cuz this kid is good, but you don't play him and you have not moved the guy that's blocking him and like again, this comes back to Tibbs because a different coach would be like, damn, Obi is playing so well. I just got to find this guy minutes. I have to play small four and five Randall at to the five too. I've got to try different things to just get him on the floor more. And this coach will not do it. We know he won't do it because he has shown for two years. He showed in Minnesota. He showed it in Chicago. He will not play a small ball unit unless he absolutely has to because of injuries. Uh, and like, it's just a fucking disaster in that sense because you actually drafted a really good player and now you have to put him, you have to give him a chance. And instead of giving him a chance, you still have Randall on the roster and you have a coach who won't just like play small and put him, put him, just get him on the floor somehow. So they have, you know, if you, my, my entire feeling, and I said this before the off season and I maintained this, they could not come back this year with both Tibbs and Randall. If you have Tibbs, Randall has to go. If Rand- if Randall's gone, Tibbs is whatever. Like you just mentioned, I you're definitely not a Tibbs fan, but even you said, right? The kids have played pretty well for him. Like clearly that he's not like impeding their development at the very least. He's impeding them getting fucking minutes. Uh, <laughs> but like they develop, but like, if now, if you come back with both Julius and Tibbs, it's we know how this is gonna turn out. Like Obi at the absolute maximum, at the absolute max, the most he will play is like sixteen to eighteen minutes a game. And that's assuming this, this would be a huge thing for Tibbs, Tibbs is if he cut Randall's minutes to thirty or 32, thirty to thirty two minutes a game. Which is like you know what I mean? Like that's just so stupid it's a because leap he, of faith
0: almost, yeah. It's
1: it's so stupid because it's like, guys, you again. I, this is what drives me absolutely nuts. Is like, we saw enough from Obi last year that I feel very comfortable. Like, start him at the four. Like, he is good enough that you should take the chance. You should give him the chance and let him and let him cook. And especially with like Brunson and RJ, I think he'd be awesome with those guys offensively. So like that pisses me off. And then quickly, I'm like, this motherfucker. Like, I just tweeted this out today, but like. I am telling you I don't care if Tyrese Talibur dropped a 30 and 10, a 30 point triple double, I don't care if it was against the fucking, you know, if it was against the Washington Generals. If he did that shit in any situation, any game, everybody would be like, "Oh my god, this guy is amazing. This quickly did that shit you know and it's like all we're doing and as an or organization if he led
2: like a 20 point comeback against the heat yeah a like, one like, seeded heat in the fourth quarter
1: like like this kid has done this stuff and instead of being like well at the very minimum we're going to move Derek rose because quickly has shown he is 100 percent like a point guard and he can lead this team or there's
2: or there's more to explore there right maybe maybe he's not a guy who you can rely on for 30 minutes a night i think he is but you, you need to find that out. Otherwise, we're in this limbo where, well, we don't want to trade him in a Donovan Mitchell trade, but also, you know, we're not going to give like what you got to, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's the same theme, right? Pick a side. Limbo, we need that information.
1: Limbo would make sense if Derek Rose was like 26.
2: Or in, if we were like, I mean, that's you the know, other thing, right? Like the upside of I, I am willing to accept people who say you keep Randall, like he can't be worse than last year. You keep Rose and Fournier. Rose has been productive. I'm not going to disagree that Rose is a good player. Fournier's value, especially if you have him come off the bench, doesn't have to guard starters. That makes them better. What is that upside though? I mean, is that I don't think that's a top six seed. Can we all we can all agree on that, right? Barring like massive injuries, like Katie, Kyrie, and fucking Simmons all going to an ashram in India to like chill out for the entire season. Barring those kind of situations, that's that is a borderline play in team, right?
1: So this is without Randall, you're saying?
2: No, with Randall. you keep the vets. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think uh, honestly, I'm like I'm probably way higher in this team than a lot of people, but I think that's like a thing. like I've I think been-
2: I think Charlotte got worse, right? They lost Bridges, um, but everyone like multiple teams got better. Um, I mean, you can talk me into, like, well, maybe Murray doesn't work out in the Hawks the way we're expecting. Yeah,
1: I'm not, You're not expecting t- it to work out.
2: But, but, like, but that's one team. Like, you can tell me, well, the Nets, the Nets maybe, right, like, that's just a shit show, right? You can tell me, the, but then what are the Knicks, an eight seed at that point? So, maybe they're an eight seed and win the play-in, and then they just get wrecked by Giannis. But,
0: like, yes,
2: is that worth it?
0: it, it Sorry. that That, thank you. No, thank no, you, no. Stacey. Thank you. I hate meaningless seasons. This is what we're looking towards at right now. If you keep Randall on this roster, I do not, me personally, I don't I, I don't want to root for Tanking. But I don't see the purpose in making the playoffs. You want Randall. to play the
1: kid, you want to play the kids, I, and I if they win, the and if they win, great. If they if they lose, then guess what? You found out shit about them. Like, right. I get that. That's the right...
2: You have a high I, pick in what's, by the way, is supposed to be a loaded draft, so...
1: No, like, you're... State, you are 100% correct about it. Like, that's... That, that is, like, the rational decision to make right now. Because, like, where the fuck are you going with Julius? Like, it's just... Even if Julius bounces back, right? Let's say Julius c- gets back to the 2020-21 season, which is not going to happen. But let's That's just not what... I'm,
2: I'm talking about
1: just, like, no, i from three and, I, like... I, I know, I know off you're not. Stuff, yeah. I know you're not. But what I'm saying is, even if let's just say that happened, I still don't think the ceiling of our team becomes like some championship team. Like he That's plays not, Is that even
2: a top six seed?
1: I like, don't think so because he plays in a way where it's like the, the difference between like Obi getting twenty and ten versus Randall getting twenty and ten is that Obi will get his twenty and ten without fucking up touches for anybody else. He gets it within the pass. flow of the offense. Randall gets his twenty and ten because he like because we just fucking throw him the ball and he brings everything to a halt and everybody has to stop and then he has to survey the fucking defense, be blind to like obvious double teams and triple teams. So that
2: is something Berman mentioned today, um, on whatever he was on, um, where Tibbs recognizes like he specifically called this out that like when Randall gets the ball, everyone's watching, Obi it's more free flowing and all that. Do you lend any credence to that in terms of that affecting Tibbs' decision making, or do you think know, that's just lip service? Well, I don't
0: know. Oh, hey, you gotta... Stacey, but hold on, hold on. That's poppy cop. That's poppy cop. Let's stop that. Let's stop. Because Berman is Tibbs' mouthpiece. If Tibbs had an issue with Randall repeatedly getting the ball at the top of the key, you have a coach. Would it rein him in? That's what you get paid for. Like, like stop. I don't like the fact that Tim's want to put it just on Randall. Where's his accountability at? You know you're talking about oh, RJ needs to get in the gym? No, you started Alec Burks for sixty games at point guard. That's why I'm yeah. done. I'm done with even blaming Randall for what happened last season. That's how bad it's gotten. Well, it's looks- worth
2: noting, a lot of I mean, uh, <laughs> a lot of Knicks fans weren't turned on Randall until February. Like people talk about the booing, like he was booed all last year. When we, yeah. like when Knicks fans booed, it was generally the whole team in like that November, December period when they were like struggling.
0: Right.
2: Uh, I don't think fans really turned on Randall until like after February when he just like stopped giving a shit completely. And he did have that one or two month stretch when he was playing a lot faster. But it, was, it seems yeah, like it was, Tibbs was, doesn't was, want to play fast. Tibbs doesn't was, want to play
1: fast. It was a one week stretch. And it was and, it
2: was more than that. But my point is that like it seems like and we saw this with other, we saw this with quickly too, right? I I can there's numerous times you look The Knicks are thriving, and then this third quarter they have a lead. You look to the sideline and you see them trying to push, and Tibbs just like puts his hand up, and the dude just goes to walk the ball up the floor. We don't have that kind of half court offense. And um, yeah, so to your point, state, like, yeah, like I I would put more of the blame on Tibbs than Randall. Um, I think the only argument in favor of Tibbs is that, like, when he's been backed into a corner, like when he has seven or eight guys and he has to play certain guys. He has been a little bit more creative,
1: but like why? Like, <laughs> but
2: but, that, but you that, have to you have to put a gun into his head to do that. So that's not reasonable,
1: And that's fine. But like the point is, we know this. We know that you have to force this stuff on Tibbs because Tibbs. That's the most annoying part of him. Is like he seems to actually be a good coach when he has less talent to work with. But yes. the the point is like, if you have to put a gun to his head, then put the fucking gun to his head. Don't like don't have us go into the season like it is right now because. You've got like 13 guys that probably all want and deserve minutes to some extent. And you, and then, and then the, the worst part of it, again, is these vets that you know he's going to play and lean on way too much. Even if he cuts Fournier's minutes and Randall's minutes and Rose's minutes, he's still going to play them too much. He's still going to rely on them at stupid points in time. He's still going to make stupid decisions with the rotation and minutes and lineups. Like he's always going to, he, if you don't take away his toys, his veteran toys, he is going to fuck it up because that's who he is. That is what he is. He doesn't want to deal with like the development of young players, even though he's actually pretty good at that. Uh, it, it, he wants the stars. He wa- and he and he doesn't even like. I don't even understand his player evaluation because if he right. doesn't like, if he doesn't like Randall, okay why did you play him like 35 minutes a night no matter what? Why would you never – why did you never hold him accountable? Why – and why is the front office – Well, you have to watch
2: the game film 22 times.
1: And And then you have to
2: see. I mean, Randall might make one bad play but nine good ones, and Obi might make one good play and and nine bad ones.
1: And and then the the last part of it is like at some point the front office, I've broadly – think they've done a good job up until now. If you just told me, like, this is where we were from where they took over, I'd be like, okay, that's broadly okay. But, really? like, at, at some point, they can't get credit for, like, well, they're I like the talent they've assembled, I like the picks they've added, I like this contract, I like that contract, I like these. Okay, but, like, you are hiring a coach who is making it harder for you to evaluate and maximize the value of your young players. And, and and a guy who's so inflexible that it actively blocks certain players from your team playing more minutes than they than they can. Like the way Tibbs runs his rotations, right? Quickly, right? The last two months of the season when he was playing awesome, right? After All Star break, if you still look at the minutes from that point on, he was clearly like basically the Knicks' most impactful player and their best player during that stretch. He was still averaging less minutes per game than Evan Fournier and, and, and Alec Burks. Like, that's insane. Because, and it's because he's so fucking rigid. He was going to play his starters first six to seven minutes, no matter what, of each half. And then the bench will come in, and they will get until a certain point, and then the starters have to close the halves. They always close the first half. The only time he mixes and matches lineups a bit is at the end of games. And even then he fucks up. There was that Charlotte game. Where quickly like he hit a 3 he has a he has another and one play and the lead all of a sudden you know we've cut their lead down from like 12 to 6 and what does he do he takes him out and puts an in forty like he is a He also team. brought in
2: Fournier for Reddish on that I think it was the Suns game
1: Yeah the Suns game and it's like oh, and then my God.
0: And, and
1: then the, the Reddish part which look we got to get into Reddish cuz I know state wants to like marry oh. him The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Reddish, whatever you think of him, right? Like, I think he's an intriguing talent. I don't think he's been a good player yet. That's fine. You didn't direct. The reason you could trade for him is precisely because of that. Because if he was already a good player, they wouldn't trade him. Okay? So you're you're trading him for that. And this is the one where, like, I don't care what anybody says. There's no way. That I will ever believe the front office didn't discuss this with Tom Thibodeau, and it's like there's no mixed messaging there. You trade a protected first round pick for a guy, you want him to play, okay? That's that's just a fact. Like I, you don't need to have an extended conversation with Tom, with Tom Thibodeau for him to understand this. He knew what he was doing. He didn't want the trade, so he just buried Reddish until he. There were games where Tom Thibodeau was like, "Oh, I don't like going to ten man rotations," and it's like. Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Because you had a 10-man rotation the entire time in New York, and the only reason you're not doing it now is because you don't like Cam Reddish. You didn't want Cam Reddish, and you want to make that explicitly clear. So even though we have injuries, you're going to play a nine-man rotation. That's petty. That's spiteful. That's, That's a fireable offense, and there were people in the front office that wanted to fire him. Leon chose to give him another chance. So Leon is culpable for this entire situation right now. And that's potentially boiling, that could boil over. And the stuff with Reddish is a joke. Like, you trade a protected first round pick for this guy, okay? So either you clear a rotation spot for him, and he plays every fucking game, and he's guaranteed to be in the rotation, or you trade him. Because you do not do – if you do both, that's shitty. And it's pointless. Like, you just lit that asset on fire for no reason if you're not giving him a chance. Give him a chance. Like, I'm not as I'm not as bullish on him necessarily as State is, but, like, I also want to find out, and he, we've talked about it a bunch, like, he is an extremely intriguing player. The physical tools he has are unique. Um, there's nobody else on the roster that could potentially bring the things he does to the table. Uh, if you look at his compare, like statistical comparisons for his first few years in the league to somebody like Andrew Wiggins, um, like, the per 100, per 36 stats are... Very favorable. And we know Andrew Wiggins, who at one time was deemed a major flop. Like he was a key player in a championship team. So like, am I do I think Cam Reddish is gonna be an all-star or superstar, Tracy McGrady? No. Well but Wiggins I,
2: was an all-star this year. Yeah, he
1: was. But like but like do I think that Cam Reddish could be a really valuable piece of the team potentially? Yeah. And I think I think the
2: most frustrating part is when that report, which ended up being at least 75% bullshit that came out from Berman last week. Like a lot of people were like, I saw a lot of people who I respect on Twitter probably aren't, who haven't watched cam on the Knicks too much. Were like, well, he needs to understand his role. He needs to like not realize he's not Paul George or whatever. I was actually, I thought when he played, he like, he didn't really hijack the offense. Like he, he stuck to his strengths. He drove when it was there, hit some shots. I thought his effort on defense was good. He needs to clean up some things, but like his effort was really good. And he made some big plays. Like that's not the issue. I think the issue was he got hurt more than anything else, and Tibbs wasn't a fan. But um, but it just which is seems crazy, crazy.
1: Which is crazy. How are you a basketball coach and you aren't somewhat excited by like the six eight dude with a seven one wingspan who like I don't but get that. Does one get
2: you excited more than girth?
1: Ah, uh, good question. Um, <laughs> ask your mom; she only knows the answer. Uh, but like, I, I just. Like that's that. I just don't get that. Like I I I understand. Like if we were like some fifty win juggernaut, I could understand Tibbs being like, I don't like you bringing in reddish because I have a set rotation. It's working, and bring in another player without clearing a rotation spot. It it, it could be like I don't want to mess things up. Right? We were a bad like we were not a good team. Like we were a mediocre team at best. And 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 let's be clear, everybody. This is not like just one person. Everybody was like, the Knicks need to add more talent. The Knicks don't have enough talent. The, the free agent stuff, even at that point in time, so we traded for him in January. Even then, people were like, the free agent stuff hasn't worked out as as like people hope. Okay, so we're, we're, we all agree that they need more talent. So how are you going to be now upset that the front office took a chance on a talent where they're like, we need. We don't have a big wing like this. Let's take a fucking shot. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. The, the The reddish thing for me is like, I just, there's nothing about that to defend Tibbs. Anybody defending Tibbs about the reddish stuff is just like, like, what are we doing here? You know, like, it's just...
0: And and none of it,
2: none of it, you can say, (laughs) state at the risk of off State, I I can get if someone says Fournier because of his shooting ability maybe gives you an extra win. But we didn't make, we made, we were six games out of the plan, right? So clearly it didn't work.
1: And if you want to win, if your argument is about winning more games, you want to know how you win more games? Play quickly more. Play OB more. Bench Randall when he was playing like a fucking... You yeah, know, hold him accountable. Maybe. Like, like there are margins that clearly were there for the taking that we didn't. That Tibbs was just like...
2: I, what, one worry I do have about the front office also, this is a weird thing to nitpick, but they picked Trevor Keels at 42. I'm not going to nitpick the 42nd pick, but there were multiple. There was a guy named Josh Minnell from Memphis... Um, there's Kendall Brown from Baylor. You have multiple of these, like, long-ass wings. And, I mean, you look at Boston, you look at Toronto, that's what these teams are being built with, right? Look at the Mitchell and, trade. And, uh, so I wonder if our front office just doesn't value those. Like, I love that they value just, like, pull-up shooting guards who just pull up from anywhere. Like, that's cool. But also, at some point, you have to be like, all right, but, like, you need those guys, and I don't know that they value them like that.
1: Well, and and look, look, they were looking to trade for Donner Mitchell and pair him with Jalen Brunson like that it is a I think there's enough evidence now to say like there is genuine concern about like do they value wings appropriately or do they put way too much of a premium on like ball skills you know like they like these guards and and that's fine like shit I like guards too god damn I love like quickly is my favorite player on the team you know like he's if he, if that man played the next fifteen years in the Knicks, I promise you, at the end of his career, I'll be like, he's my favorite Nickelodeon. Yeah, I mean,
2: same here. Everyone was you know? like, "Well, you can't draft bones; you already have IQ." I was like, "I don't see a problem here."
1: Yeah, there, there's um. no there's no problem. Like, you can value these things, but it's also like to your point, like at the forty second pick, I really think that you should like physical tools are also part of a talent eval. You know what I mean? And like, 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 I don't know. And but it's also weird because clearly there's people in the front office that like. That like do value that stuff, right? Because they want to. I mean, Perrin drafted
2: it. the Toulis Center, arguably, right? Yeah, Go and Bear, so. yeah,
1: and he and they. Somebody in that front office was pushing to trade for Cam Reddish. So like, there is somebody there that's like wings. We need wings. Like wings are important. They drafted Quentin Grimes, like who's not the a big wing, but he is a wing. So like, it's not like they don't value it at all. But I do agree. Like, I think there's like, do they value it enough? And or is their scale too tilted towards? Wins. Ball but screen. so yes, they, I
2: I kind of wanted you to jump in here too because, like I know you're like maybe not as high on Grimes as a lot of people. I know you're higher on Reddish. Like, how do you think about the dichotomy between those guys? I mean, do you think like we should just be building a bunch of six, seven, six, eight wings? Like, how do you think about that whole thing?
0: Yo, the it the, the problem with those two is not even those two. It's actually Evan Fournier and Tibbs. I think that's why like I I get into these arguments because. I, I don't care about who starts out of Reddish and Tibbs. I mean Reddish and, and Quentin Rhymes. I just care about the, the direction of the team. When you trade for Reddish, Reddish. you gotta play him. Grumps. Right? Yeah. Tibbs is the same fool who literally told me, and I was at work next to a patient watching this, watching an interview after the game. <laughs> and this clown says
2: What did the patient what was the patient's opinion? Uh, so my
0: pa- the, the patient was like basically. Look, I don't know what the Knicks are doing. Um, hopefully <laughs> they, they figure it out. I, I've been a Knicks fan for 30-plus years. I'm used to them trading Mark Jackson and Rod Strickland in back-to-back years. So he's used to the used to the pain. I'm just getting used to it, right? When you say your rotation is set and you're in the midst of a 1-6 in six stretch, I have to call you a liar. So when people say Reddish can't shoot, and Reddish is shooting 58% at the rim, which is higher than R.J. Barrett, 31% from mid-range. Of course, that's that's terrible, but the Knicks had a bunch of terrible mid-range shooters. Randall was the worst mid-range shooter in the league, and he kept shooting mid-range jumping. So And I don't even like talking basketball with numbers, but I, I got to bring some of this up. And then 38% from three, which is the 70, 72 percentile in the league. When you break down his shooting splits down even further, the numbers where Reddish's feet are set as opposed to when he's taking pull-up jumpers are stuck. He's shooting 42% from the floor and 43% on all catch-and-shoot opportunities. And Reddish is shooting 50%, 50% from three, from the corner three. So when people say he can't spot up, that annoys me. That annoys me. So when Tim said—
2: And he has such a high release. It's tough to block, too, right? Yes.
0: So. And, and, and when Tim say, I need shooting, well, you could have put Reddish on the floor and had him spot up. For Julius Randle, because it's obvious that the numbers show he's shooting fifty percent from the corner three. But you, yeah, but then you hear stories about oh how Tibbs didn't like Reddish, and oh this that, and the third. Well, the Knicks traded for Reddish in my eyes. Now that it looks like it, because they was trying to deal RJ for Donovan. They, so, they, uh, Swinney, you gotta talk me, Stacy. This management is disgusting. It is discussed. They are not aligned, and that, and, and they have no foresight. I think the key word is foresight for this man. So, I think, I
1: think the, I don't know about foresight, but I do. I think the alignment thing is, that I think there's something there for sure. Um, like clearly, mm-hmm. I think it's very obvious. Wes and Brock Aller wanted to can Tibbs at the end of last year. I don't think they. I think all the reporting um, definitely makes me believe that.
2: Probably Wes too, right?
1: Yeah. yeah I think both. Yeah. Oh, Wes, yeah, Wes, yeah. Wes and yeah, all for sure. I think, I think they wanted to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. All that stuff about like, you know, there were all these reports about Wes wants the kids to play more. He thinks they, and he, and once again, he, he's absolutely right. But like the point. Take his shirt off her quickly. So we yeah, know he's serious yeah. about that. And so, and like, so I, I, I think that there's obviously plenty of people in the organization that want to move on from Tibbs. Um, but like, obviously, Leon has the final say, and he stuck with Tibbs. Okay, that's fine. But like all of this, let's just be honest, right? All of a sudden we go, Berman's on vacation. There's absolutely no leaks all summer from the Knicks side, right? Whatever you, whatever the stuff about the Donovan Mitchell trade was coming out, all of that was coming from Utah. There's nothing coming from the Knicks side. Berman comes back, and all of a sudden we get all of these endless exposes coming from him, and it's so obviously. T- like coming from tibs like i don't know man at some point as an at the organization like even if you love tibs he's not operating in your organization's best interest and he's like he's actively throwing people under the bus i mean when t- when berman is on a podcast okay i literally heard them say this on lockout next when berman's on a podcast <laughs> saying stuff like oh uh tibs doesn't think quickly can be any more than like a nice scorer off the bench right That's, that's bullshit. Like, like, and he's, and he's, and that's just like, he's saying these things that like effectively, not only is he leaking stuff to you that Tom Thibodeau thinks, but if you're a player, you're like, the coach literally does not believe in me to be better than I, than I am or can. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like really shitty for, if I'm a player, I'd be looking at that. Like, it's a little bit different than like, they were included. Leaking that they were included in trades—that's like kind of part of the business. But when you hear stuff like Tibbs doesn't think this about this player, Tibbs doesn't trust this about this player, Tibbs doesn't like that thing about that player, like that's Berman's getting that from fucking Tibbs. You know what I mean? Like, so that's really concerning to me because that's like you're genuinely hearing what Tibbs thinks and his player emails and his player emails. Let's be honest, suck. The guy drafted Chris Dunn fifth overall. Like, I'm sorry. I don't give a shit about what this guy thinks about young talent. You know, he thinks Justin Patton at 16 was a good pick. Like, he can't evaluate talent. He sucks at evaluating talent. That's literally why he failed in Minnesota. More than the coaching stuff with him, he can't evaluate talent. And that's actually what leads him to make the biggest coaching mistakes. Like, he didn't,
0: he has it in his
1: head, right? Quickly is the best example of this because he's obviously been really fucking good for us. But, like, he has it in his head. Quickly is not a point guard, right? He doesn't think quickly is a point guard. He likes quickly as a combo guard, and not only Alec
2: Burks is a point guard,
1: yeah, oh. but like he doesn't, he doesn't, <laughs> he wants a he wants a point guard that can get into the paint consistently. That's his idea of what a point guard is, right? And that's why Alec Burks
2: shooting forty percent at the rim was the answer, right?
1: right? But it doesn't, it doesn't. He doesn't care about what you shoot at the rim. He doesn't give a fuck. He just wants you to do it because that's why Alfred Payton started for an entire year because Alfred Payton. He can't shoot. He sucked on defense. He, what all these things can be true, but the one thing Alfred Payton can do, he can penetrate. He can get into the paint pretty consistently, and like that is all Tibbs thinks a point guard is. He doesn't care about the other shit. Like uh, he he he's just like MVP Derrick Rose is like the greatest player in in his mind, right? Like that's the best player in the history of basketball for him. But like he he's literally refusing to look at evidence, and then he's gaslighting fans by being like, "Oh, well, you know." I, you guys don't watch the film like two or three times. like first of all, we do. Like trust me, like motherfucker, like I've been a Knicks fan for 30 plus years. Um I
2: we are, haven't touched women in several years, Tibbs. Yes. So this
1: is all we do. <laughs> yeah. And and it's bro, it's it's ridiculous. Like like I I will root for this team whoever when Tibbs is gone. I rooted for this team before Tibbs got here. Like I have watched the Knicks more than this, motherfucker! I promise you that I have. That's the one thing I can say for sure. So to to think to to
2: throw you haven't watched that, from the sideline.
1: I, I even I've done that actually. I have <laughs> gone to next game. So like I to to say that like these criticisms that people were making were like bullshit, and they were actually you know they hadn't watched the film or something. It's nonsense. Don't tell us what we're because we're all seeing the same thing. Like and when you. And to go back to it, like, the, the stuff that state, State's talking about, like, he's right. Like, you – the Reddish stuff is just, like, it, it reveals – it revealed some type of split in the organization. Is that front office divisions? Is that just Tibbs in the front office? I, we don't know the specifics, but, like, they are clearly – there was clearly some division there. Um, I And I think this Mitchell trade, I feel like it, it – It it kind of like brought those out again to some extent because I think everybody Tibbs the front office I think they were all like like in in, of the same mindset with Mm -hmm. all of the uh, all of the uh, offseason stuff they did before Donovan Mitchell became an option right like I think there's no like let's just let's just do this real quick do you think if you told Tibbs we're trading Burks Kemba and Noel, and we're going to sign Brunson and Hartenstein, and we're going to keep Mitch, who you love. Like, do you think he's like, yes, I'm good with that, or
0: do you think he's like, no, I don't like this, I don't like that thing? I think he, I think he like not get me more. Per, me personally, I think. Right, 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 but 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 he
1: would be happy with those players coming in, right? Of course,
0: yeah, of yeah, of course. So it's already been reported that he loved Mitch. Yes, right. That's- So, uh, of course, of
1: course. Yeah. So, like, to me, that's – they were – whatever issues they had, they were like, okay, let's put this behind us, and these are the things we're going to do, and they all agreed on that. But then the Mitchell trade comes up, and I kind of think, like, all the reporting on it was, like, the stuff that got leaked out, it makes it seem like the front office clearly wanted Mitchell more than Tibbs. I think Tibbs – was cool with Mitchell, but he had real big reservations of, like, how it would all work. And apparently he thinks Quentin Grimes is, like, fucking Scottie Pippen or something. Um, but the point is, like, I it feels like there was a lot of division on what exactly is the value for Donovan Mitchell that we should give up. What pieces do we want to keep if we are trying for Donovan Mitchell? And I just... I I, look, I'm I've said this before, like, I am worried going into the season because I don't trust Tibbs. And at this point, because I don't trust Tibbs and the front office keeps him has kept him on the job, like, I think they need to be under scrutiny for sure. Like, I think when State was saying that last year, I was like, I was like, man, State, I love you, but please shut the fuck up. Um, but like, but like now, I agree. Like, I think what they what happened this offseason, everything that's transpired. Like, you have to really think about it. Like, they have put themselves in a position. They've bet on the co- They've kept the coach. Randall is still here. We know that we've talked about this endlessly what kind of problems that could lead to and how it impacts other young guys in the team. So, at this point, like, we got to really, you know, I think they deserved, I don't want to say necessarily the hot seat, but it's like, you, Mr., Mr. Dolan better be up there. Like, Keeping, keeping a nice close eye on those guys because nice. um, they've assembled this roster. They've had multiple years to do it. These are their guys. The, the product on the floor that we see, they either need to be winning games or we need to see them commit to like playing their young guys and finding out what they got in them because they can't do the – we cannot have a season like last year where it's like you're just – it's miserable because you're not doing the thing that's obvious, which is to, like, play the young guys more, so, right? So,
0: so, so, with me, it's, it. so, once again, I got, I got to bring up the the, fam- the famous word of this pod right now, foresight, right? So, Cleveland, I'm going to give you an example. Cleveland, they won 19, year, 19 games back-to-back seasons. Then they won 22 games, Right. After those three seasons, they accumulated enough talent, right, in order, and they got to a point where they got to the play-in, they got kicked out, but they got to a point where they could push their chips to the table to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell without sacrificing their young core, the main pieces of their young core. I wanted the Knicks to get to that point. So, when 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 I say stuff like, yo, you know, I hate the fourth seed and, and stuff like and this, that and the third, like you know, I appreciate that season and I will always, you know, I will never forget it, but at the same time, it's just it's lacking foresight. You took advantage of a season where it was two K fans in the stands and real basketball was not being played, and Julius Randle literally made every mid-range jumper he took. You got to take it you got to look at the landscape of the future and understand where you want your team to be 2 years from now, 3 years from now, 4 years from now. The Knicks don't have that yet. And they did not have it last season and they did not have it the season before. The last time they had good foresight was 2019. Because 2019, we all knew what the we knew what the direction was. We was tanking. We all knew this. So three years has passed, and Leon Rose has spent over $300 million in James Dolan's money. Dolan pays no taxes for Madison Square Garden, so he could care less about what he's spending. But State, I care. State's worried about James Dolan's money. I, but, but, <laughs> uh, bro, I pay $70 for Fubo TV to, listen, to watch one channel, and that's MSG.
2: Bro, you, you got to check out Reddit streams. $200.
0: Two hundred dollars to put minimum to go watch the Knicks, and I gotta watch this product while a team like Orlando—they got Brunchero, they got Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz. All these teams is accumulating talent, and the Knicks is just sitting by. But, but, like, see, that's see, that's where it's even more
1: frustrating because I think the Knicks are accumulating talent, right? Like, like RJ quickly, uh, Grimes, Ob, Reddish, nah. Mitch, Sims. But, 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 here, but, like. But they're acquiring talent. It's fine if, like, uh-huh. we don't need to agree that, like, should they do it more? Or should they do it w- whatever it is, right? But they are acquiring talent. But then it's like, okay, you've acquired this talent. You keep telling me you love these young guys. Then then clear out the path for them. And, like, where I go with the, the fourth seed thing to me is, like, I don't know. It would have been a really tough sell. Let's just put it this way. It would have been a really tough sell for, like, if nothing else. For to go to James Dolan in the middle of that season and be like, "Look, we're a playoff team right now. We're in a position to make the playoffs, but uh, we want to trade Julius Randle because this is the best law. I get like, you look. Know, it's a. It was a fun season. Fine, like I, 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 I won't, I won't blame them for that. I understand what they, why they tried to do what they did last summer to like keep themselves somewhat flexible, but also add pieces around Julius and see where we can go and be competitive and be attractive to like. A star if a star comes available that's all fine to me but now is the time where it's like again like I, now i agree like with how you have felt for the last few years now i agree like th- this is the time they have to go in this direction now right because you didn't get the star right we know the julius thing now like he, even if he gets better he's never going to be that guy again and your path to salvation is to play your young guys and see what you have in them and see what happens. Because again, as we've talked about, if they suck, who then, then we know that they suck. And then that then it's an even stronger indication, right? That like we need more talent, we, we need to get lucky in the draft or whatever it is. That's I can then you you have that information. And if they're not, if they're not bad, they're actually good, which I think they'd be pretty good, I'm strongly of that opinion, that like take Randall off the steam, put Ob in at the floor, play these young dudes a bunch of minutes. Uh I honestly I I genuinely think that team could have win like 45. I'll
0: I'll put it I'll put it like this. Let's say if the Knicks traded Randall. If the Knicks played all the kids, let's say if they trade Randall, trade Evan Foyer, they're gonna keep Rose because Rose is like Tibbs. Part one of his heart arteries. It's like his artery or something. So and and Rose, the young
1: guys, the young guys like Rose a lot, so yeah, I'm fine yeah. with that 10.
0: now nah, nah, you, nah, you got to keep Rose in the locker room. So Rose, I, I can understand. But as far as like, if the Knicks was to trade all of the vets, trade Randall and those guys, and they had a losing season next season, I swear you would not hear me say fire Thibodeau, or fire Leon Rose. No, I agree have, with you. We'd all be happy. Like, this is this is the yeah. fucking easy. I
1: You know, like, people are always like, oh, man, Knicks fans are so hard to please. Like, they're always like, because we are. We're fucking crazy, right? But, like, this is, like, the easiest fucking layup for any front office the Knicks have ever had. Because we're like, no, we like the young guys you drafted, and we are fine just, like, watching them. And we like Jalen Brunson, and, like, we like these guys. So if you just give us the chance to just, like, Watch this team. We're excited for that. But they are like, it's like, you're just like trying to get value here. You don't want to attack. Let me tell you this. We didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell. If you have to attach a protected first-round pick to Julius Randle to get him out of here, so be it. They will get ripped on because they signed Julius to that contract, and then they're having to dump him essentially after. Take that L, and you know what? I won't give a shit because at the end of the day, I'll be like, I am so pumped to watch, you know, RJ, Grimes, OB in the starting lineup together. I am pumped to watch quickly and Rose off the bench again and have Reddish as the primary wing off the bench. And like, I would be pumped for all that shit. I would be excited to watch Jalen Brunson with those young dudes. Like, I think that's a really fun team. And like you said, even if they go like, I think they could potentially win like 45 games in that scenario. But let's say they win like 32 games. I'm not going to be that upset about it because I'm going to be like, okay, as you said, like, Because now you're like, okay, I I see the direction. The direction is we're going to develop the guys that we have, and we have a point guard now with Jalen Brunson who's solid. You know, like, the thing with – I'm not concerned even remotely that Jalen Brunson's contract could turn into, like, a Julius Randle situation. Like, Jalen Brunson is a consistent fucking pro. He's super solid. He – nothing he did last year is, like – out of whack with his career, right? That's the weird thing with Julius. His most improved player season was, like, so out of whack with what he was previously. So, bro, like, I'm excited for that team. Like, give me that team, bro. Like, that's all I'm asking for. I think, like, if you asked if you polled the majority of big fans, like, what do you want? Like, what, what would make you happy? I think the majority of big fans would sign up for that, like, yesterday. And you know who else would be happy? James Dolan would probably be happy because even if that team isn't that good, he's going to be like, okay, well, the fans seem to like this team and my stadium is full. And uh, yeah, that that all seems so very good What, really what
2: some have said, at least some of the media reporters have said, is that if three years from now, like if they don't make the playoffs next year, and let's say Obi, Grimes, IQ don't really pop, so you don't really have a young core, and RJ is still kind of where he is, after three years, of Leon is still there, you know, that wouldn't be a great look, right? Like, that could get him in trouble.
1: Mm. Uh, I mean, would it? Like, I, I just...
2: Because, I, like, you can say Dolan should be happy with it, right? But it's been three years, one playoff appearance, arguably moving backwards. And if none of the young players pop next year, like...
1: But there's risk in anything you choose to do.
2: Like, yeah, and I don't I still think that's a better downside than the risk that like we missed the playoffs Brunson and Randall, which probably is an equal chance of happening. And
1: so. if you want to trade for a star, you want to know what's a really attractive star piece, a top five pick or something. If you're that worried that like your team might suck, that's probably still a better avenue to getting a star, either via actually using the pick to draft a player. And I like when they have drafted, I think they've done a pretty good job, or using that pick to go acquire a star. Like it, to me I, I think that argument is just stupid because it's like, like, Oh, well, if you play the kids, like what if you lose, you know, a bunch of games? And it's like, I don't know. We've played vets for like the last 20 fucking years and we've lost a lot of games. Like what is, what are but you doing? learn. A,
2: the, this is the argument I keep seeing from people, right? Kids are going to develop more playing 20 minutes on a playoff team than 35 minutes on a non-playoff team. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm not convinced that they're not a playoff or they're not at least as good playing the kids. But B, we already did that, right? The, the almighty fourth seed season, quickly and Obi um, got to experience, and Mitch and RJ, all of them, ev- all of them besides Grimes, got to ex- have already gotten to experience playing on a playoff team. I do think that was valuable. I don't know the incremental benefit of doing the same thing again. This time, probably just a play-in. Maybe you get in and then like, yeah, Giannis is dropping 40 on Randall while everyone cries, right? Like, What is, like, is that really that much value? Like, it's quote-unquote playoff experience, but.
0: I mean, I'll I'll
1: let state answer.
0: It depends, man, because you want to. uh, This is why I hate meaningless wins and meaningless losses, right? Like, meaningless wins is. When you win 37 games in 2003, when I was 13, knowing that LeBron and Carmelo Anthony's in the draft, and you go and draft Othello Harrington, right? Like, the Knicks, the Knicks have to get to a point where even, if, like, they got to stop caring about the optics. They got to stop caring about the politics. They got to stop caring about how the media views them when they win or lose. If they would lose with the kids – I would prefer for them to do that because that tells me they have a direction. Also, it's easier to trade all of these sad kids. If you are looking for a star, even if you are, you could trade these kids for a star. But the teams have to see them play. This is why it's like malpractice across the board. Like even as I'm listening to this convo, everything goes back to the management, to management, and Tibbs not being on the same. Page and I have no confidence, fellas, that Randall and Evan will be traded within the next three weeks. Well, if, even,
1: if, and if, even, and even if the front of
2: office... just to just to uh, it was worse than it wasn't a fellow Harrington, thing was 96. Yeah. That well, year is Michael Sweetney, so Michael it was, Sweetney, it was even worse oh than the Mello draft. Oh <laughs> they and, drafted ninth. I don't think, oh, just now that we're here, uh, the best guy they could have taken was probably David West,
1: so. yeah, he got picked way after that, too, right.
2: Yeah, like eighteen. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, and and I think to to your point, like I think there's no the way this looks right now, with Randall still here, with Fournier still here, with all these questions about who's gonna be in the rotation, how many minutes these guys are gonna get, is that either they're one, like you said, that they're not aligned, or two, is that if they are aligned, then it's even like it's it sucks either way because at this point you can't I can't anymore be like I like what the front office is doing. Tibbs is the problem. I, I, okay, that, that's they had the chance to fire him, and they chose to keep him. So at this point, they have to be held responsible for his decisions too. That's on them. That's that's on them that they chose to bring him back. And as things stand, they're giving him a roster that we know what Tibbs' worst tendencies are as a head coach. They're giving him a roster that currently, as it's set up, is going to, like, Make it again abundantly clear what his fucking biggest weaknesses as a head coach are. So I, dude, I am I'm, I'm completely with you, State. I think I think this is like, look, all I'll say is this: they better hope and pray that <laughs> the things that they're betting on, you know, a Randall's going to come back again. Assuming he's here, Randall's going to come back, and he's going to be in a better headspace and. Brunson's gonna unlock some shit about his game, and that you know uh, Grimes is like Clay Thompson, but way like better or something. I, I they better hope that all these things are betting on happen because I don't think I think the this is the closest I've been as a fan to just like like I don't. There's no world where this team is gonna be like absolute garbage, but. I don't think I would be more – I don't know if there would be a time that I would be angrier about their performance than I would be this year. If,
2: well, at least they have their pick, right? There's been times but, in the past when they've sucked and we have But But
1: it's – no, but I'm pissed because I like the young kids. I like the guys they've drafted. All I want them to do is play the guys they drafted a lot of minutes. That is it. I don't want them to go – I didn't want them to do the Donovan Mitchell trade. I don't give a shit about that. I didn't want the Jante Murray. I don't give a fuck about trading for a star right now. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. we're in the position to do that unless you're telling me, oh, we can go get fucking, you know, LeBron or Giannis or something. Like, yeah, okay, fine. Then go do that. But, like, you can't. Who's the worst
2: player you would, like, Tatum?
1: No. Like... Tatum, what is he gonna do here if we gut the Manchester wow, guy? Okay. I'm
2: Wow, like, okay. i do not agree with that. If
1: you gut what? the team if you gut the team to get Jason Tatum, what the hell is he doing?
2: I mean, but he well, his potential is like uh,
0: state, Tatum? You'd,
2: you you would agree you wouldn't you wouldn't kind of bet the farm for Jason Tatum?
0: What? Four first round picks? What else they want? Gotham City? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Tatum I'm saying Tatum would be worth it though, right? Like he's
0: no yes, no, that- no there is like
1: the only player in the end, there's only like Two players in the NBA that it's actually worth it to just be like, I'll give you all the picks and all my young guys,
2: Giannis and Luca.
1: That's it. There's no other players in the NBA that you're like, I don't like. You're so good that I can just like give up everything and we'll still figure it out. There's I might no be higher like, hate them
2: than you, than you, but okay. But, but I think in general, player. I agree. It's like a very, it's like on one hand at most.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just it's like look, man, you and this is the other part that really pisses me off. Okay. This is what drives me absolutely crazy. Do not tell me that you cannot rebuild in New York. We have sucked for like 20 years, the better part of 20 years. The fans still watch, still come in the garden, still watch on TV every single year, even though most of it has been this shitty, shitty, shitty product, okay? So don't tell me you can't rebuild in New York. And the other part of it is like R.J. Barrett is 22. Emmanuel quickly is 23. Obi Toppin is 24. Quentin Grimes is 22. Uh, Cam Reddish is 23, I believe. Deuce McBride is 22. Like Mitchell Robinson is 24. Brunson Jalen is what three. 26? Yeah, Jalen Brunson is 26. Like all of these guys, if you're telling me like, well, like it's gonna t- if we do it this way, it's gonna take like two or three years, and we're gonna have to see what these guys develop into. In two or three years, all these guys are gonna be like. Still have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years left in the NBA. They're all going to be like entering their primes. Maybe, like, why that's fine if it takes time, it takes time. But, like, just do the obvious thing, do the right thing. The right thing that is also obvious the right thing that is also obvious is you get rid of Julius Randle, you get rid of an Evan Fournier, or you just tell Evan Fournier you are coming off the bench. motherfucker. I'm sorry, uh, like, you 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 cannot
2: but so what if what if the front office doesn't believe in the young guys to that extent?
1: then then I would then I would fire them. like I, I don't know what else to say like that's it's not that complicated. to me this is not complicated. like they either they either believe in what they're doing or they're just full of shit. and like maybe they're full of shit. I don't know. I would hope that's not true because I think they've actually done a pretty decent job again of selecting talent and acquiring assets. all that stuff is good. But if it's not good if you're not willing to trust in it. Like, if you're not willing to, like, just look at the fucking numbers and be like, wow, this Emmanuel quickly kid, when he's on the floor, seems like we're a good team. Maybe we should try that out. Oh, when Obi Toppin is on the floor, the team passes more, the team plays faster, the team scores better. Maybe we should trust that more. Like, oh, when R.J. Barrett, uh, you know, when he doesn't have to be, like, a 35-usage guy and he can just be, like, a 25-usage guy, this team is really good, like – if, if we love Quentin Grimes, okay, you love Quentin Grimes so much, then fucking start him playing thirty minutes a night, and let's see what we got. Because like these are the things that actually matter towards potentially building a contending team in New York. You know, yeah,
2: I mean, what what, what this reminds me a lot of is um, I don't know if we have the same caliber of talent. That's the whole point. We don't know, but it reminds me a little bit of the Lakers before they made the Brandon Ingram trade. Uh, sorry, the um, the Anthony Davis trade, which Brandon Ingram was in. Uh, But at that time, Brandon Ingram was the same age as RJ is now. Um, He did not get extended. Um, He actually, uh, they traded him to New Orleans. He played one season, and then they had to sign him to a max as a restricted free agent. But they had Ingram, they had Lonzo, they had Kuz. um, I think they had Josh Hart as well. Um, If I'm forgetting anyone, let me know. Um, They had traded D'Angelo Russell. But they, I mean, I think the question they probably would have asked themselves is, is this a real young core? And then they have LeBron, of course. So is it better? And I've asked this. And Sid, I'm actually curious to your opinion. Do you think if the Lakers had held on to Ingram and those guys, obviously they got a ring. So you can't really question that. They got a ring. But do you think today they would be in a better position if they'd held on to those guys? They would have had to pay Alonzo. They would have had to pay Ingram. So it, it's not that cut and dry than if they traded them for, for AD.
0: So 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 the team what I've noticed this past like decade was like the team that usually trades for the star and it's crazy how the Knicks just got curved in this trade but the team that usually trades for this star usually wins out first but loses out in the end. So I felt and and my my best friend, shout out to my my boy Kyle. He's a Lakers fan and I've been telling him this for years. The Lakers messed up when they traded Brandon Ingram, and I felt like they they would have been in a way better position now than they would be if they if, like traded all of those guys out. I feel like they would have been in a better better position now for sure. But I, I throw this back at you, Stacey. Um, this current Nick roster, just remove Randall, remove Evan Fournier. It reminds me of the two thousand and four Suns um that team with uh joe johnson they had a lot of young talent you know sean marion was that
1: before they got nash
0: that was right before they got nash so when i looked at when i look at Jalen brunson and you just plop a good point guard with a bunch of young talent who knows what could happen next season yep i don't know well none of us knows but Tibbs knows. Tibbs knows. <laughs> right.
2: But, and that's what we have to find. Like, are these we need to find out are these kids, right? Are they nice young role players who like are useful in the trade? Or yes. are they a real core? Are they an actual core together where you add someone like a Brunson, you have one of them take a leap, you know, maybe RJ. Um, like is like we need to know. And I, I mean, I think the way they all fit together, um, you know, like they all they all have different strengths, right? Obi is a great finisher. RJ can get to the rim. Um, IQ and Grimes are great floor spacers, and IQ can also run some offense. Like they fit well together, and Brunson might be the missing piece. Well, anything we need to find? Are they a core, or are they just good young pieces? The Lakers clearly made the decision that they were, um, you know, they were more useful as a trade piece. The Suns, to your point, realized that you know we can they actually work well together with just one more guy. And it's worth saying that Johnson ended up being a star. Marion, these guys were maybe higher talents than we have. But I think that's that's what we need to figure out. And we can't just be in this situation where we're playing. I think it was fine to play it both ways last year. But now IQ and, and Obi are a year away from being extended. Um, you know, Grimes is a little bit of a safer position. But we need, to, like, we need this data. Otherwise, we're going to be in the same position next year, right? Where, where we're maybe a 10 seed. We're looking for a star, but our young players don't have enough value. What? And we haven't played them well enough to, like, lean into them, right? Or if we do decide to lean into them, then it'll be like, all right, but now you're really taking a leap.
1: I, I think what, what other team could have a point guard that had a 30-point triple-double, had a 20-point triple-double, had a 20-10 and 10 game, put up seventeen point twenty points, 20 points in the fourth quarter against Miami in a 17-point comeback, uh, who has a power forward that they drafted, that scored 40 in a game, that, uh, you know – like, like the things they've seen from these young guys. If they, I mean, he
2: runs like he's Forrest fucking Gump out yeah, there. I haven't seen you, anyone run the floor that hard. It's,
1: it's like, it's, it's not even a challenge to me. It's not even like, oh, should they do that? Like, what if the, what if they're not as good? Okay, maybe they're not as good as we think. But like, they've shown you enough that you are fucking yourself over if you don't give them the chance. You have to give them the chance. The chance, like, even RJ. Yeah, RJ's put a shit ton of minutes. But, like, let's not forget that at the start of last season, Tibbs had him, you know, parked in the corner. Like, he was just shooting spot-up threes. Like, like, you have to put the onus of, like, we are going to win and lose games based on you. Like, you guys are the ones that are going to be, like, running the offense, all of this shit. Like, the focus is on what you guys can do. If you don't do that now, and, like, to State's point, like, yeah, they, do, they got a good point guard now. like they And, like, whatever, like, you know, I think is a good point guard. But, like, if you have issues with them, I don't think anybody can say Jalen Brunson is not a good point guard. It's a good point guard. You got a good point guard now. So you've got the steady hand and you've got your young guys. Just let them fucking do it. Like, it, it's just – it doesn't make any sense at this point to not. Like, there, there's no argument for it that makes any sense. The only argument is just, like, it's all about, like, well, what if it sucks? What if it's bad? It's like, okay, but why do we only look at this in, like, the bad way? Like, okay, yes, I agree that there's potential that, like, this thing doesn't work as well as I think it would and that, like, maybe the young guys get exposed in a more in a bigger world. Fine, fair. But what happens if I'm right and these guys are good? And then now what? Now all of a sudden your outlook is so different. Now you're, like, and not just that, like, to State's point also, like, Now, your young guys have way more value in trade as pieces in their own right, you know? Like, what do you think the value of an Emmanuel quickly is if he plays as, like, you know, 27 minutes a night as the primary point guard off the bench for a team that, I don't know, let's say they get, like, the seventh seed, the eighth seed even. Let's just say the eighth seed, right? I think his value all of a sudden is a lot different. Same with Obi. If Obi's starting and he's helping your team, you know, win, get to the eighth seed, especially in this Eastern Conference, which is like super fucking brutal now. Like, right. if these guys do that, the value of all of this shit changes so much.
0: Let, and I'm, let me give you another example, real quick, Swim. Yeah, and this is going back to foresight. You know, the, the key famous word of this pod: games with thirty minutes, thirty minutes plus play Emmanuel quickly, eighteen point eight points per game. Five, 5 assists per game, 5 rebounds per game, 44% from the field, 41% from 3, 90% from the free throw line. Tyrese Maxey, 17 points per game, 4 assists per game, 3 rebounds per game, 48% from the field, 42% from 3, 86% from the free throw line. So, why would you even give Brunson 100 plus million? This is what I'll be talking about when I bring up stuff like direction and, and, and understanding like your team and understanding the players on your team, Swinny. I don't even think the Knicks know what they got. They don't even know uh, what they have.
1: Oh, uh, that's. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me out of the Donovan Mitchell trade talks. Is like it's not that they offered RJ or quickly in the trades, but to me, it's like it's obvious that I value them at a higher level in the front office. Um, and like, look again, I just the RJ at least like RJ is. obviously there's people that are much lower on him and there's people that are higher on him, but like he's like a guy that I think most people, if they're being honest, not just trolling Knicks fans, they're like, okay, he's a solid starter at the very minimum, right? I don't think anybody really disputes that. And he has the potential to be more than that, right? I think everybody would broadly agree with that. But people, like when you talk about quickly, right? They like act like he's just this like fucking dude who just, he all he does is like, play against bench units and that's all he does. He's actually not that good. And he's like this defensive liability and all this shit. And I'm like, like, just do you watch the same sport? I do. Do you watch the same games? I do. Do you watch the same players? I do. Do you watch the games at all? Because like, I don't get that at all. And I know that like, you have had a lot of criticisms of quickly before as a point guard, but like, I think even you at the end of the season were like, I right. like, he's definitely better than I anticipated. Um, like he's, Really good. Just play him. I don't know. Like, and I'll I'll answer this. The part of it, like the reason I don't, I think you can sign Brunson anyway. But again, this goes back to Tibbs. Like, we know that quickly plays awesome with another point guard. So, like to me, that's fine. Like, if you want to have, he's
2: big enough to, or he's long enough to defend the two, right? And
1: and and you need like you look at all these teams. Like all these teams have the best teams in the NBA, right? They have like multiple ball handlers and all this kind of shit. So I'm fine with that. If you want to have like more guys that can handle the ball, get into the paint. In Brunson's case, he's a really, really good two-point scorer. That's something the Knicks haven't had. So, like, I'm fine with that. But it's like it it doesn't need to come at the expense of quickly, right? And, like, it's the same thing with the Julius Obi stuff where it's like, okay, even if you wanted to keep Julius and play him 30 minutes a night, there is a way to get Obi a bunch of more minutes, but you can't do that now because you signed all these centers and Tom Thibodeau is your head coach who's never going to play small. So it's like you're not exploring anything. You're just trying to like – it just feels like they are trying way too hard. And I guess – I, mean, I can't even say they. I think this is ultimately falls on Leon. It feels like Leon is aware that – you know, he needs, to, like, you need to have young talent, you need to have picks and all this kind of stuff so he values that, but then he also is, like, sympathetic to, like, Tibbs being like, I need fucking, you know, 48 minutes of centers that can block shots, I need uh, you know, I need to have like, I, I gotta have these, things. like, it's just, you can't please everybody, and and trying to is just gonna, again, it's gonna leave you in kind of like this awkward situation we're in now where it just feels like are we sure they know what their direction is? Like, what is the direction? Um, and it, it's, look, it's just frustrating to me because, again, I think they've actually drafted well, and I like their young guys, and I like the Reddish trade, and I like all these things they've done, but it's like it, i got to judge you on all of it, not just the pieces I like. And the more that, you know, this offseason, uh, I think, has definitely put me more on, like, the, all right, like, are you guys better than the front offices we've had previously? Sure. Yeah. But like, that's not a high bar and that can't be the bar forever. And like, now I need to see what is your vision? What are you pushing towards? How do you adjust when you don't get a Donovan and Mitchell? Uh, what is the direction that we're, you know, looking to move in? Um, like it, it, I need to see it. I need to see the actions taken to go that way. And if I, you know, if we're again, if we're sitting here in three weeks and, that stuff is still, like, all on the roster. I mean, I I would – I'm going to be very <laughs> fucking annoying about them this year.
0: As it stands today, three players in the starting five is from the Steve Mills regime. Three years Leon Rose has been in the Knicks organization. He has spent 300-plus million dollars. He has nothing to show for this. On top of the fact that the Knicks traded out of the draft. This year's draft. You could have drafted somebody at eleven and still got Brunson and whoever you got. And regardless of the situation. Whoever is picked, I don't I don't know, Schwen, you're not this deep into narratives. But I'm knee deep in this narrative. And I, I can't move over this either <laughs> any player picked at 11 or oh, or oh, or oh, after that pick and any player that becomes a star that falls on Leon Rose as well. Because oh yeah, no, that's type.
1: that's that's for sure. Like I'm I me and Stacy talked about it leading up to the draft like I'm fine with the trade they made. I think you get three protected first and like I don't want to do the debate of like what is the value of these picks but I think that's like a fine trade, right? Whatever. Yes. But but if you if like Jalen Williams was on the table for them. They could have have taken Jalen Williams. If he pops, like that is not going to look good for them. And they should be criticized for that because they made the calculated risk of like, we are better off getting these protected first than using this pick on a player in this draft. And maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. I don't know. Maybe they're wrong. We'll see in time. But like, Either way, oh, well, I mean,
2: there's always it, like, like if somebody at 41, like Nikola Jokic pops, you can't kill them for trading the 11th pick, right? Like, I don't kill them for Herb Jones when they traded the 19th pick, right? Like, that's yeah, just, like um, I, no, I no, I, I mean, that's I, to be within I think, reason, right?
1: Yeah, if it's like somebody like within the next like, you know, whatever four or five six picks, I get it, and I and I have no problem with that, like because they they did actively choose to trade out of that spot, and not just trade out, but like they didn't trade down, they traded out of the draft, right? So like. That has to be part of the eval is that they basically said, like, there's nobody in this range that we said we particularly care for. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's not a narrative. That's just a fact. Like, they, they need to be judged against that. And they will be. Um, we know that the one thing the New York media does do well is um, definitely focus on Nick's blunders in the draft. So... If that happens, I promise you, uh, you will not be a load state. There will be many people uh, along with you killing them for it. I Mark mean,
2: Berman at the top
1: of that list. Yeah, des- and deservedly in this scenario, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think the stuff about, like, you know, they, don't, they've, they haven't had, added enough starting talent. But it's like, see, to me, like, that is more about the, the decisions we've talked about, right? Because quickly could start right quickly could have started OB could have started and now we're talking about something entirely different but you are they are making decisions that kind of cut against the value of the guys they have chosen to pick in the draft and we'll see look like they're making plenty of noise about Quentin Ryan is going to start I think he is going to start I'm almost positive he's going to start uh but like I think he's got to like you know what I mean like it's not like like if he starts I'm not going to be like oh my god The front office is their fucking geniuses. Tibbs is a genius. I'm gonna be like, yes, it makes sense that Quentin Grimes starts because him and RJ Barrett together, the two and the three, that could actually be something really fucking good for like the next five, six, seven, eight years of this team's future. That just makes sense to do that. That's not like a high bar to clear, you know? So the stuff that we want them to do, like that's really why it's so frustrating, is it doesn't feel like we're asking for them to do some amazing, drastic thing. We're just like, dude, just fucking play your young guys. And see what happens.
0: Here's my thing about about Quentin Grimes. I don't... I I love Quentin Grimes. I love all my draft picks. I love Knox, Frank, Porzingis. I, I, I try to love all my draft picks. But the thing about Quentin Grimes is the Knicks put the biggest target on his back I've ever seen in my life. Because now that people like me who is emotional, it looked like you kept him out of talks for Donovan Mitchell. A 25-point-per-game scorer who averaged 20 points since his rookie season, the last rookie to do that is Allen Iverson, one of the top five, top seven highest scoring averages in the playoffs, right? When you keep Grimes out of these deals, you have to start him one. I'm not accepting fifteen. Fifteen points per game from Grimes. Bobbycock, You held him out of a trade for Donovan Mitchell. I need to see an All Star within the next two years or so. Like I'm not, I'm not saying he. I, I don't even care if he's a sophomore. If you put that much faith in the Quentin Grimes that he's going to be Ray Allen or Michael Finley or, or, or one of these good shooting guards that I grew up with back in the day. I mean, I think
2: Danny Green is, like, the most common comp, right, for most people.
0: I called him Danny Green. I felt like he was Danny Green. But the Knicks feel like he's Ray Allen. So I need y'all to put this man in position to succeed. I don't even want to entertain Cam Reddish starting no more. Just because of the fact that they – the value that they put on Quentin Brown. The other young guys who's in the locker room as well, how do you think they feel about those reports that came out? How do you think about R.J. Barrett? looking at Tim and you looking at reports of Mark Berman saying Grimes is untouchable in all trades but RJ Barrett can be had he got a target on his back so I'm I'm gonna try to temper expectations for Grimes but since the organization put him in this position and held him to this high standard I'm gonna hold him to a high standard RJ Barrett as well I can't accept less from RJ Barrett right my only thing about the R.J. Barrett and Grimes combo is not really exciting to me. Only because none of them is overly athletic. None of them pop off the screen. You, you know want Vince Carter.
1: You want Vince Carter and, and, and out there.
0: Grimes <laughs> being 6'4", six, 6'5", six, six, I didn't want to put him in a position, him and R.J. in positions to, to where they got to always cover for... Jalen Brunson, I felt like RJ and Reddish is the better combo, but I'm not entertaining that no more. So I'm hoping and praying that Grimes, you know, fulfills his potential, and he damn sure need to start. He damn sure better get thirty plus minutes a game next season, and he damn sure better produce. I can't accept nothing. that fifteen points per game for Grimes. I, I I can't listen to that. And listen. and I, I need to yeah, see a star no. from him. He got to turn yeah. into an all star, bro, within these next three years. Yeah.
1: And not. and to your point about RJ, too, like, look, we've all supported RJ shit done, but, like, yeah. he got his payday now. So now it's like, all right, you got your payday. Like, I'm not – you don't get the, like – we can't have these, like, take some, like, a month and a half to, like, get into the swing of things. Like, no. No, no. no, 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 no. no. Yeah, you got to come in and it's, like, it's got to be, like – I'm not saying you got to, like, be a star every fucking game, but it's got to be, like, from day one, I got to be, like, okay, I know – Relatively game to game, what I'm going to get from him. I can't have these like months together where he just can't, you know, throw the ball in the ocean. Like, no, nah, that, that, that can't happen anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I know, I know you're being a little dramatic about Grimes, but I agree. Like, they, they, they put it, they valued it very highly. That puts a target on you. That puts kind of like pressure on you. So he better come in. He better look like a starter. Um, not, not even just for his, not for his sake necessarily, but like, because if, if he doesn't, like we know what Donovan Mitchell is going to do, right? Like we know he's proven over time he's a really dynamic offensive talent. So we know that he's going to go to Cleveland and maybe they'll have some, you know, issues, not issues, but like they'll need some time to adjust to playing off of each other, right? Because they got like, you know, these four main guys. So maybe that takes a little bit of time, but we know eventually he's going to be like a super dynamic offensive talent. We don't know what Grimes is yet. Like we know that he can shoot threes. We know that he can play defense very well, but we don't know what is the impact of all of that. How does it play out in a starting role? How does it play out over time? Can he add more? Is the stuff that he did in the summer league attacking the rim? Is that something that he can do at the NBA level? We don't know all the shit about him, but there are going to be heightened expectations now because they clearly valued him at a very high level. Um, and so, I mean, is
2: this a situation where we're valuing shot creation more over... Like the Knicks haven't had many reliable 3-and-D guys, so like if he is... I don't think he's as good as Desmond Bain, but if he's something on that level or like Mikhail Bridges, is that not worth it at this point, given that they well, held I, I him out of I'll, the Donald Mitchell trade? Yeah,
0: well, yeah, you don't I, think that...
2: So, State, you would be disappointed if he was as good as Mikhail Bridges or even Desmond Bain, maybe? Nah,
0: he, he need to be better than that. Mean, I think because, I think because Suns is no, not holding out Mikkel Bridges for a Donovan Mitchell trade if they didn't I, have, if they didn't have Booker. I would say
1: this. I think Memphis would hold Bane out of a Donovan Mitchell trade. Hmm. Bro, Bane had. Well,
2: to State's point, they have Ja, right. So State did say if the if the Suns didn't have Booker, they might be more willing. I
1: think I I would say I think a lot of teams if they if they were like Bane or Donovan Mitchell. I think you would be surprised at how many teams would like actually consider that. Because look, Desmond Bain, this is what he did last year. Just reading his numbers off, right? Mm-hmm. 30 minutes a game, 18 points, 4.5 rebounds, 2.7 assists. This is what he shot from the field. 46 from the field, 43%, 43.5% from three. Like how many uh,
2: attempts? A ton of attempts too. Seven
1: right? attempts per game in the playoffs. Wow. In the playoffs, this is what he did. 35.5 minutes per game. 18.8 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 2.2 assists. Uh, and this is what he shot. 47.8 from the field, 48.9 from three. Uh, dude, that guy can shoot. And he's anybody. a hell of a
2: defender, right? Yeah. like but, So it, I think it's unreasonable probably for Grimes to reach that level. You can't really bet on anyone becoming back on a shooter, right?
1: I, I don't, but, like, like I'm like, saying there is yeah. some
2: value to, like,
1: well, forgetting the even role like a role player.
2: Like, if you're that good of a role player, like, uh, I can see it.
1: Well, for, forgetting even, like, the specific percentages. Uh, maybe like, Bane
2: isn't a role player. Maybe that's yeah. the
1: wrong. Well, I mean, I think I think Bane is more than a role player. But, like, it's not even about the percentages. It's, like, can you get to, like, that type of impact is really the question for, for Quentin Grimes. Uh, I'm... Like, I think he can be really good. I have been pushing back that, like, personally, I think the only two players that I would – the Knicks have that I think you're, like – if you say – majority of people will say R.J. Barrett is our best prospect. I'm fine with that. I think R.J. Barrett is a really good prospect. And if he's the best prospect on the team to you, I'm not going to waste a single second of my life arguing against it um, because I love him. But – Like, personally, and this is a much more smaller minority of the Knicks fans, would say that quickly is maybe the best prospect. But, like, the point is, to me, Grimes being valued above either of those guys or on the same level as those guys, that's where I've, like, I think people have jumped the gun way too much this offseason. The Summer League thing was like, look, it's I'm happy he played well in Summer League and it was really encouraging to see some of the stuff he was doing. But, like... It's summer league, bro. I'm sorry. I'm not like elevating you as a prospect now because of summer league. Like, we liked what we saw from him as a rookie, but he just shot threes basically and defended really well. That's not minimizing those skills, but it's like the type of prospect that you're that you would kind of like that. Like, he didn't do enough for me to be like, okay, I'm going to compare him to somebody like RJ or quickly who have to like really create offense. That's a totally different level. You know, that's not anything that like Grimes showed at the NBA level that he could do um uh, even remotely yet. So like I just think people need to people need to pump the brakes a little bit with, with Grimes, but obviously that's gonna be really hard now. Um but yeah I mean I think like Desmond Bain, I mean if he gets to that level then I'm like I'm I'm thrilled. Um and I would bet that if he does hit that level being in New York he would make an all star team or two um uh, in his career. So We'll see. Look, they—it's a big bet. They, but
2: they Bridges do. would not be enough. Someone like Mikhail Bridges, who's probably more in that role player yeah, set, fuck, right? Fuck Mikael
1: Bridges. <laughs> um, like, if no, that—that's like to State's point. That would be like, yeah, he's good and he's fine. He's super valuable, but I'm just going to be like, that's boring. Like, I, <laughs> that's boring. I don't want that. Uh, no, nah, look, I, I. And then, like you know, look, we still got guys like Deuce. And Sims, like, I mean, they're probably not going to play that much even in in any scenario. But, like, I mean, dudes can really shoot the shit out of the ball. So, like, there is value there. And, obviously, he's a good defender. So, um, you know, we'll see. I I just, again, I like the guys they've drafted. But it's like, you know, other than Quentin Grimes starting, are we going to get any of these guys really in expanded minutes or roles? It's kind of hard to see.
0: I I got one last question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your heart of hearts. <laughs> Randall and Evan still on this team. You really think Tibbs is gonna start Grimes over Evan Fournier after you got two years of yeah. evidence that he started yeah. he did not start Alec he did not start Emmanuel quickly? Alright.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think I think if Grimes isn't starting, like I legit believe, if if Grimes doesn't start, he will be fired, Ace, like immediately. Because the front office, like it's one thing to be like, "Well, I didn't like the reddish trade, so I'm not going to play reddish." It's an entirely other thing to be like having get out there to how much these guys value Grimes, and it's not just been the front office, right? Berman's reported several times that like Tibbs loves Grimes, all this shit. It's one thing, it, it, if you let that get out there and you didn't want to put him in a trade for a perennial all-star like Donovan Mitchell and, you know, you made a big fucking deal about his summer league and development and all this shit with him, right? If you don't start him, I, man, I think he's, like, literally, I think the front office, just he just gets canned.
2: And um, it's, I mean, it would be the second year in a row where you have, I mean, Brunson is a good team defender, but we know he can't defend at the point of attack. He's going to get beat. So this is two years in a row you'd be pairing up that kind of defender. Cambo is probably even worse um, just because of the age. With Fournier, who I don't think Fournier is an unplayable player, you definitely can't play him next to a bad point of attack defender. Um, so if Tibbs is supposed to be this... Deep, and I, I actually personally believe... The beginning of the season, Mitch was out of shape. That was a big part. But if you remember, they started the defense. They started the year off with a severe decline in defense. Uh, you know, the Hollingers and Seth partners of the world attributed it to three point regression. But a big part of it was how much of um, a sieve uh, Walker and and Fournier were together. I I think he would be tempting fate, especially if he's known as this defensive coach. Uh, I mean, Mitch will be better, obviously. And Mitch was, I think, really good at the end of last season. Uh, I know I'm a lot higher on Mitch than than Schwinn is, but he was bad at being last season. But also the perimeter defense is a lot worse. I don't think he can do that two years in a row. Uh it just it doesn't make sense to play I Fournier so, with Brunson.
0: I, I hope so, man. I, I have no faith in Tibbs. Leon Rose is a liar. Like I, y'all talked me off the ledge a little bit, so I'm a little more calm after listening to y'all talk these past two hours because. Before I got on this pod, I was really kind of fucking ag- agitated. Uh, but I'm so glad we had this convo because now I'm a little more calm. And I got an eye; I can understand why they're doing this. But I, I gotta say, I'm at the point they have to trade Randall in every. Point. I'm with you.
1: I said, I said this: <laughs> if, if Randall's still here, it's a failure. That's that's just, that's how I feel. I'd and... say Randall
2: and and Fournier. It does open up minutes for Cam too, right? Beyond even just quickly, so.
1: I think I said this on a pod before. State, you ever seen uh, V for Vendetta?
0: Yes. <laughs> you know... The, you, it got it like a clown face. On yeah, face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's this
1: part in the movie where like... Because, you know, they're trying to catch him, right? And okay. so they're talking... He's, they're like having their little meeting and the guy's like... He's like, where the fuck is he? And he's like, oh, we can't find him, blah, blah. blah. And he's like... He's like, we are, you know we're being buried by your excuses, by your inadequacies. Like this is every day that he's still out there. It's a failure. Like that's how I feel about the Julius Randall thing, where it's like you can tell me why it's hard to trade him, why it's not worth it to trade him because you have to attach picks and blah, blah, blah. And all I'm going to say to that constantly is going to be like, that's cool. You're still failing. Every day that he is here, as far as I'm concerned, is a failure by the front office. Um, They have to find a way to move him. And if they don't, I. The one thing about this team is like, I, he's the one factor where I like actually worry that he could torpedo the season again because we literally saw him torpedo it last year. And I think the young guys, if you're quickly an OB and these dudes, you know, first couple years in the league, yeah, you just put your head down, you work hard and whatever. I think after last year, if that shit plays out again and if Tibbs just lets him, you know, let's him run rough shot over him and the team and hijack the offense and not give effort on defense and have no repercussions for that shit. I think those guys, it won't be as sweet this time. I don't think they'll just keep their heads down and work hard. And like they're it's, it's not going to work like that. So um, yeah, man, look, I'm, I'm with you. I think they, they got to move Randall. You know, if you tell me we moved Randall, but couldn't, couldn't move Fournier Rose, I'll just be like, whatever. I can I honestly wouldn't even care at that point because if our biggest problem next year going into the season is like, where is Cam Reddish going to get minutes versus like right now, my concern is everything to do Julius Randall. I will take that gladly. I will, I will gladly take that. I'll be like, yes, please let that be my biggest concern. Cause right now I'm really concerned about Randall. I'm really concerned about Tibbs. And I'm really concerned about the front office, not being decisive about, Um, you know setting a direction setting a course that makes sense for the team given the roster we have and where we we are kind of in our team building so nah man look it's I'm with you Um, so look State it's been awesome having you on man Uh, we will we will do this again soon at some point Uh, let the people know where they can find you and if you have anything to plug plug it right
0: oh I appreciate you guys for having me on, Stacy Schwinn. I appreciate both of you guys. I appreciate the Strickland. Uh, Love y'all. Love y'all. Pod. Love y'all. Articles. I read everything. Um, I appreciate the Knicks Nation. Um, Appreciate y'all. You can find me on Twitter at Be More Like State. Um, I have a YouTube channel coming out actually on September eighteenth. State of the New York Knicks. So I pre uh, I would appreciate if all of you guys tune in. the The link is in my Twitter profile. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at State from Harlem. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at at D H um, Diehard State of Mind. Um, and if anybody needs me, you know where you can find me: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Facebook. You can find me State Mensa. Um, and I got another podcast coming out. Later on this week with with, Dihar, with my guy Da shout out to Eru, so I, I appreciate you, but um, once again, whenever you guys want to have me on, I'm pulling up. I don't care what I got to do that day. Um, I don't care if I'm at work. The patients could die when it comes to Nick's. um and, You know, that's it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- State,
1: again, thanks, and uh, everybody, you know, give them a follow on Twitter. I don't know how you could avoid not follow, following him. Uh, it is top-notch content. Uh, so, State, thanks again, uh, Stacy. Uh, yeah, Stacy, uh, anything that you would like to plug before you get out of here?
2: Uh, no, I got nothing to plug.
1: Cool. Thanks got a, on
2: State. That was a lot of fun.
1: I got nothing to plug either. So that is our pod for today. I hope everybody had a great extended holiday weekend and. Hope everybody uh, enjoys their nice short week heading up here. Uh, I will see everybody on Friday.